0: back man uh what is this, the part two of season two of movies and shit our deep dive into game of turns
1: yeah Ugh, and, and as always the back half of a season of game of thrones is where all the shit happens
0: it's amazing how much time we spent just talking about the things where none of it is actually a th- happening thing right <laughs> like,
1: we're just <laughs> talking about chess moves you know We're in the end game now, man. That's
0: the equivalent to like, you know, when you're at Central Park, you're playing with some fucking guy and he just sits there, his turn, he's just- I
1: do do this a lot for the record.
0: 15 straight minutes of just studying the board. Like, if you say anything, he restarts. He's got to look at all the scenarios again. This is literally what happened, man. And it was the most enthralling, uh, you know, looking at the board uh, possible. Yeah, no, seriously. So here we are, episode six, which is called The Old Gods and the New. And I just want to jump right into it because, listen, it's not like they wasted any time. Like, I was really surprised. Dude, I was surprised. The episode starts and just, like, commotion, commotion. Meister Lewin's like, oh, shit. And so you hear all this stuff. And like a boss, he gets a raven. He writes a note and he gets it out right before the fucking doors swing open. And Theon Greyjoy's taking Winterfell. Um, which again surprised by the speed of it because I remembered it happening, but in my rewatch, I'm like, oh shit, that happened. That escalated quickly. If I can quote, yeah. Ron Burgundy, right? Yeah,
1: like, yeah. He, and he's he's only up in Winterfell for like that half of the season, you know, just for a few episodes, and uh, yeah, right. it's just such um, an impactful thing that affects his character, especially. Really, just the state of Winterfell in general, and the ownership of it, and everything.
0: Yeah, That's well, I mean, spoilers, but yeah. Beyond that, just like the the personal losses that we have here, right? I mean, because in the next scene, I'm pretty sure Theon goes and he wakes up, uh, Bran. And- yeah,
1: and <laughs> I love this scene because <laughs> Bran is just like so tired, and like <laughs> Theon's like, "I've taken the castle." Yeah, he's baked. Bran is like what? like, what? What?" I'm sorry, I'm fucking tired. I was dreaming. You woke me up for this. <laughs>
0: No, man. I mean, but so, like, he's still in disbelief, and he's out in the yeah. rain. I think he's still in disbelief. But the moment where I think this becomes very real to everybody is uh, Sir Roderick fucking comes back, um, right. or is brought back rather, and yeah. uh, he, when he strikes him and he insults him and he does all this fucking shit, and he's just like, take him to the cells, and and the iron—they mm-hmm. don't play that, that. You gotta pay the iron price, okay? Right. So, like, what I love about it was just like there's some beautiful scene where Sir Roderick's like, I should have put a sword in your belly instead of your hand. Like, and you really start to feel the impact of like, yeah, you might have been a ward of the Starks, but you were treated as a fucking Stark. We raised you and we taught you and we gave you fucking fine clothing, you piece of shit. Right. Like, it's so amazing how like quickly they cut through the, you're an ungrateful sod of it all. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: No, he really passes a few points of no
0: return very in very quick su- succession. Excuse right. me. Yeah. Um, I mean, he does have less with- honor than a back alley whore, right? That's like one of the best. What well, I love is the Westeros uh, insults, because they're all <laughs> so good. They're all good metaphors and shit. Like, Pretty great. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, that, that scene kind of really sets the tone, and it's something that Theon's not going to really come back from. And also, I want to give some major props to uh, fucking Theon Alfie. Man, th- this motherfucker was like... I mean, cause you really feel it. Like you can tell he's trying to be bigger than his britches or whatever. And he takes right. him a couple hacks to get the head off and he does it. And he's over there like a wild eyed looking around. Like he knows he did what he's supposed to do, but he's trying to be like super cool. Like, Oh yeah, no big deal. I do this all the time. Nah, bro, <laughs> right. it's on your face. You are fucked up about it. Uh, it is such he's a good fooling, acting job. Nobody.
1: Yeah, no, he's, you know, I've, I've been singing his praises this whole time, but he definitely like, this is, I think his big season too. Um, like, after this, it's a whole different situation for his character. He has to play some some notes that are really difficult. But this one, he's, like, straddling that line where he's trying to act confident and self-assured, but he's clearly anything but. Right. You can tell he worked himself up to this when he got there, but then getting there and actually holding that castle and what that takes, like, it's like he didn't think that far ahead. Right. He didn't think about that part. What's and, like, was- it's showing you, like, step-by-step step the gritty... You know, yeah, reality. He, he
0: thought it was going to be an easy thing because he's such a right. fucking spineless motherfucker. I mean, I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, like, that's how good the character is that he couldn't right. even fathom how he would feel when he had to face these people, the people who raised him, his brothers, right. so to speak. And so it's all happening in real time and you're fucked up about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. I think it's a wonderful goddamn performance, and I just wanted to make mention of that. If you don't mind, let's jump beyond the wall because uh, we get a couple, a couple of moments I really like. And again, it's just about it's it's about the uh, the unknown soldier factor uh, of mm. being on the Night's Watch. There's this really great scene where Corrin's just like. Uh, <laughs> You know, when you die, your death is a gift for some fucking bloke in the South. Like, you get that, right? And here's the thing. They'll never thank you for it. They'll never even know that you did it. But you died so they can keep living. And it's just like, right.
2: shit.
1: <laughs> like, yeah.
0: And this is the life he's chosen, too. Corin. you know?
1: Yeah, no, and I I really love just how much weight it gives Jon's decision to join the Night's Watch because it's something that he's clearly interrogating throughout this season, last season for sure too. um, But this one, like, it's definitely getting more real. He's being put out into the shit, so to speak. And um, yeah, no, just the idea that what he's doing, it's not for honor in the sense that other lords are going to bow to you. It's honor uh, for no one but himself. Right for for an order, you know, for a belief system. Um, Which is
0: fucking beautiful, especially in a world where uh, these institutions are clearly eroding. The, the people yeah. who are in, in high power that should be the best examples of this are, are the ones leading to its degradation. And so it's amazing that a bastard beyond the wall or from beyond the wall right. has that kind of honor. You know what I mean? Yeah,
1: it's and it really definitely beautiful. does prepare him for leadership down the line too. And that's something that I know we talked about in the last episode where jorah sir jorah mormont's like you you, you want to or geor mormont sorry where he's like you you want to lead one day
2: yeah learn to follow to, yeah learn to follow and myth. that's
1: yeah that's the lesson that he's he's fucking learned here and uh yeah i love that corin half just comes off as this kind of wily weathered old piece of shit who doesn't <laughs> take any shit from anybody else Right.
0: Um, let's stay beyond the wall, even though it's not how it happened. We did cut away in the show, but I want to just say quickly because this is also the first technical appearance of of Wildlings, you know, like properly. And not only that, first appearance of our girlie Grett which is you know for the Jon Snow aficionados out there it's a big moment this is a future love interest and shit and mm-hmm. and, and really and, and beyond that like we're talking about his dedication to the vows of the Night's Watch but this is in effect something that fucks up those vows right so <laughs> right. I think I think it's a really interesting you know beginning to a relationship and he also he can't bring himself to execute her which is why Corin and the others kind of go off John stays behind because he's supposed to kill a wildling yeah. Um, and he can't really bring himself to do it. And Yeah, uh,
1: yeah. yeah. He sees that she's a, a beautiful woman. He's like about to kill her, and he's like, "Oh, my John Snow brain can't handle this."
0: <laughs> right. That's literally what was happening. It's like <laughs> that does not compute. He cannot fucking just do it. Literally
1: shorted out for a second, and then after that, it's just kind of like it's almost like a, a low key comedy with him just trying to ferry her around.
0: Yeah, no, it uh, it wouldn't be out of place as, like, a a weird, uh, like, exotic episode of I Love Lucy. Like, it is much (laughs) that, like, he's just trying Ricky's just trying to do his goddamn job, and Lucy's fucking shit up left (laughs) and right. It's
1: it's the same concept, and it's wonderful. Constantly escaping, or, like, you know, getting
0: a little too close to him There's she plays that card over and over again but that's yeah, later episodes really man. let's let's hang on to that for now um let's go to Heron hall if you don't mind which again tywin um is most at home on a war council i mean that's kind of what i see i mean you just see this fucker is running mental laps around everybody yeah um just like you know calling out his fucking uh is um is like one of what's who's the guy that he like basically makes fun of he's like the fucking chambermaid oh, the cup it, uh, can read better a, than you
1: Ke- kevin lannister no that's not kevin lannister one of the it's fucking of the lannisters. lannisters god yeah. they
0: re- reproduce like rabbits these fucking lannisters too many dude. goddamn Damn.
1: lannisters <laughs> there
2: really are
0: but that whole scene is great, and you just like Arya loves it because she's getting praised. Like it must be yeah. great to in this one instance to be Arya Stark because this guy is like is <laughs> it's your, it's your reference point for everything good, and meanwhile, all of his men are pieces of shit. Like it's, right. it's really beautiful, and I, I I'm loving it, and I love the show because again, like they fuck with your emotions. Like oh, you're on a high, you're enjoying, you're smiling while watching this scene unfold. Knock knock, Lord Baelish is here. You're like, oh shit. Like right. Lord Baelish has met Arya and would oh, yeah. be the one to blow that whistle. So suddenly it becomes a fucking like a scene of horror, man. <laughs> like I would tell, what, what did you think when you saw this again? Because I was like actually so blown away by the execution of it.
1: Yeah, no, I mean it's a really, really well done scene. Um, I love that Aiden Gillen is just like practically staring her down. He's like, What the
0: fuck? I know I that I would movie. never mention yeah. it.
1: Like, <laughs> Tywin's just casually having a duplicitous conversation. Um, no, no, it's a really great little moment. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know what else I can really say about that. I love anything with Tywin and Arya in this season. And again, total invention of the show. So props right. to the two Ds.
0: You said, was it the Tywin? Because again, I'm sorry, you're the, you're the book guy here. But Tywin never ever went there in the books or they were just never there at the same time?
1: They were never there at the same time. I don't think he went there. I think okay. he was elsewhere fighting his war. And they're like, either hey, way, let bring them all together.
0: Yeah, good. Good on them for making yeah. it work because you don't ha- you don't have Charles dance and you put him on the bench. Okay, you don't put Michael <laughs> Jordan on the bench, Max. All right, he starts every position, and that's what Tywin should do. It should be a whole show of Tywins. And the writers, I guess, sort of <laughs> got there by creating a fake story.
1: A whole show of tywins. That would be a very different show.
0: Might be Nobody would get anything this, yeah. done.
1: They would constantly be out guessing each other at every turn.
0: That'd be like a bad. Like you ever seen that episode stasis. of Malcolm in the Middle where he plays Jason Alexander at chess, and it's just they keep fucking stalemating. Like they right. can't fucking, that's exactly what would happen. <laughs> yeah. Listen, let's go to King's Landing, man. Marcella's yeah. being sent off to Dorne, and 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 listen, right. Thursday ain't happy about it. There's this fucking line, and listen, uh, like you know Tyrion has some fucking pithy comeback for everything Mm. not this time there's this really incredible scene where uh, she's like I hope that you find love one day and I mean true love like the kind of love where you close your eyes and you see that person I want you to experience that I want you to know that before I take it away from you and I'm yeah. just and he has nothing to say I think literally like comedically he just scoots out of frame <laughs> he
1: just wanders out of the fucking
0: <laughs> and it's wonderful but again it's just like listen I, you know I've said this like you can have a bunch of people in the room but the, the show is at its best when it's two people sitting in a room and I think of of the many combinations of two people in a room talking few reach the heights of Tyrion and and cersei and i have and a couple cersei. later on that i just yeah. I adore but it's and such an this amazing season, scene
1: especially they're both equally drunk throughout it so <laughs> it, it really gets entertaining you don't know whether one of their scenes is going to lean towards comedy or right straight drama heartbreaking
0: truths yeah
1: yeah um and this is definitely like just one of those because Cersei in the first season she was kind of talking around the edges of a threat right it was it was rarely like she would threaten people but it would rarely be like direct this is like one of those times where you're really seeing like straight up evil Cersei um and she's wonderful too I don't know if we've really talked about how fucking great Lena Headey is Um, (sighs) no we have to say it again
0: we, we uh, haven't sh- really, but I would say this, as we get to, like, the back half of the season specifically, yeah, we gonna talk yeah. about it. I mean, she yeah. has some fucking scenes that are just breathtaking acting-wise, man.
1: Yeah, no, she is uh, fucking fantastic. And again, like, just from the books versus the show, I think that she makes, like, a fucking meal out of a character that could be seen as sort of one-dimensional.
0: Really? Um, See, yeah. that's really impressive, because that's the thing about her is, like, you, she's she's bubbling up with all these fucking different emotions at all times and even though she's right. bound by this like oh i gotta be regal and say the right things she'll say a line and it'll have five different meanings <laughs> like it's really yeah. incredible so i think that, well, that's a phenomenal job
1: yeah no i could be wrong but i don't think she gets a point of view chapter until the fourth book um what so I oh could my be wrong. god yeah dude they've done the so much with characters. that character though. yeah yeah, she's seen through the eyes of other characters. So, like, just for this actress and the writers too, but for this actress especially to like take that much off of the page and turn it into what right. she turned it into is like fucking phenomenal.
0: Yeah, um, man, that's yeah. Incredible. We'll get into that as we go for, for sure. sure. I, I'm I'm blown away by that. But yeah, let's keep it going. So at this point, uh, they're now trying to get back to the the safe confines of the Red Keep and. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Joffrey's a piece of shit. Let's just call it what it is. <laughs> all right. Let's just call it what it is. He's walking through and these fucking starving people and they've been making mention like we talked about in the first half of the season. Like we don't have enough wheat, man. Like we got to keep the yeah. peasants out. There's so many people coming into the city. We don't have food for them. And so there's like, "Well, hungry. <laughs> that was something. Someone throws like some shit at him and he loses his goddamn mind. He orders yeah. people to be, to, to be killed. And this, like, it's amazing how quickly all of this devolves. By the way, and you forget how many people need to be saved. Like, it's not just Joffrey, Cersei's right. in the mix, Sansa's in the mix. Like, that one dude gets his arm ripped off. The guy who was like, blessing, yeah. like, what the fuck, man? Yeah, like, how'd that happen? Because <laughs> it's something you would see if this was like Hard Home and those fucking those yeah. dead motherfuckers. This is He's like,
1: like the fucking zombie film. But no, this is just Joffrey being like, kill them all for throwing a piece of poop at him.
0: Right. Uh, well, it brings us to a scene again. I told you, I like, look, if you want to please me, it's not hard. Just have anyone strike Joffrey. And we get to this amazing scene where he's like, You fool. He's like yelling at him. And she's like, You cannot yell at a king. And he smacks the shit out of him. He's like, And now I've and now struck, a king. struck a king. Yeah. God, so good bro like i i just yeah, all day all day Again, yeah she, she give me a 60 minute that fuck that hour and 20 minute episode of just like backslash
1: yeah and I, I love that joffrey never knows what to do when directly confronted with that like right. he has no power at all
0: he's just like oh, i'm gonna tell my mom well, it is amazing because he's a fucking yeah. sadist and he wants to hurt people, but he can't do anything on his own. Like, right. every, everyone needs to be hurt on this other side. He's bigger than Tyrion. Like, in yeah. theory, he could fucking kill Tyrion, but he yeah. didn't dream of it, you know? He's
1: too much of a goddamn little baby bitch. Um, like, even we talked about in the first half of the season, uh, when um, Sansa is getting beat, he's having someone else do it for him, uh, Meryn Trant. Uh, when the prostitute is getting beat, he's having the other prostitute do it for him. It's right. never him um yeah he doesn't get his hands dirty like
2: that
0: which a brings us to baby a, bitch. A, re- <laughs> a baby bitch it brings me to a really great scene that i, I will bring back when we get to the 10th episode or the ninth episode uh because mm-hmm. there's a line that kind of directly ties into that and i think it's a really yeah. interesting thing uh let's jump to karth quickly just because my boy spice guy i don't know his real name because it's something very long that i wouldn't be able to pronounce according Are we to-
1: going back to the riot by the way because there is yeah. some stuff to cover okay
0: Oh, yeah, we'll sure. go back to it yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry um Ah, oh, fuck it. Let's just go back. I fucked up. Whatever. Let's go. Let's let's go back to it. All right. So Sansa is out yeah. in the wind, and she is taken. And again, Joffrey's like, "Let them have her, right?" And yeah. He's like that's just your fucking bride to be. You piece of shit. <laughs> like,
1: unless so- like, we forget, <laughs> fucking fiance. <laughs> due to be married
0: <laughs> but also beyond that a chess piece in the larger war right yeah. so like so if you're Tyrion you're like have some de- fucking common decency save the person you're engaged to right if you're but Cersei even, get the chess piece motherfucker yeah, even
1: if you don't have any decency like this is like the key to the north pretty much you have her you have leverage right but well,
0: godfrey's fucking, fucking point. stupid but yeah. again this is a scene that's there to really illustrate the hound which they did from the very first episode where she agrees with him about the superstition on name days you don't kill a man mm-hmm. at your name day like yeah. what they've done this it's, it's many people's season it's the on season in my opinion. it's obviously tyrian season in terms of how much like you know agency and, and power domain he has over the, the nation right but it's also his because you really start to see this thing and I, it's interesting because Again, when we get to episode nine, I'll make a, a larger observation about it, but it's like, this is not he isn't quite on his hero's journey yet, but you see the cracks of him not being the obedient dog. And right, I love
1: well, that. I, I would say that this season more than the first and maybe even more than any other is like the real schism. It's like the real dividing line where um, the norm has been irrevocably disrupted. Like right. you could say that it's the execution of Ned Stark, definitely started some shit
2: Hmm. but
1: just like where the characters start in the season and where they end up um i think is maybe the most seismic or the beginning of the most seismic changes that we see and that might be why it's one of my favorites too but we'll get into that at the end
0: absolutely now let's jump to karth sorry about that our boy spice guy uh which again i don't know his name because he won't tell me spice boy it's too hard he won't tell me just a Uh, spicy guy you know he spends a whole fucking scene i mean really he spends a whole season but let's just call it this scene specifically infantilizing the fuck out of danny you know what i Mm -hmm. mean like just being like oh my little princess like like i get it all of a sudden i'm just like fuck every chauvinist piece of shit man (laughs) like like i just i can't stand it i realize this is like a prescriptive idea of what the world would be in a world where it's the 1500s but dragons are fucking around you know what i mean right but still it's it's like hard pill to swallow because this guy's just fucking annoying as shit um, and and she basically tries to get all rah-rah with them it's like I'm no ordinary woman my fucking dreams come true all right like I got this some-
1: the scene on the stairs right where he's yeah. like stuck on the stairs yeah yeah and she's making a lot of grand bold proclamations about who she is Right. Um, so it's kind of a stalemate here for me up to a point, even though he's being like a sexist piece of shit. Because it's like Danny has nothing to bargain with.
0: Yourself. Well, it's it's a really interesting thing. You're right, because it's someone puffing up their chest and saying, I am this thing, but and she has And just nothing.
1: immediately being like, no, actually, you yeah. would have died without us or whatever he says
0: <laughs> i mean again like i hate even talking about the cart stuff because it just kills the momentum of the episodes uh but it is important just to show that like she's trying and failing she fails multiple times she's already failed a couple times um yeah. but it's important because uh, at least it's like oh danny fails she dusts herself off and try again you know what i mean so yeah and um, each
1: time she does she's she gets up a little bit stronger right and, well, and she, le- is... she learns a
0: lesson i think each time for sure she learns right. something about how not to do it <laughs> you know I mean? right because end
1: of season one like she's basically like been deified now season two is like the aftermath of that like you said uh it doesn't solve all her problems she needs to learn to negotiate she needs to learn to play the game a little bit and she starts learning that in Karth. um it's just kind of a bummer every time we go there <laughs>
0: uh let's jump to heron hall again uh i really love this scene because what i found out is that listen you know doctors say there's no cure but tywin lannister can fix dyslexia okay he doesn't give a fuck he tells that yeah. story about jamie and he's just like he said he couldn't <laughs> learn his, his letters and I, th- there was word of that affliction i said bullshit <laughs> i sat him down and i'm like dude listen I, we all want to talk yeah. shit about tywin as, as this like you know this ruthless guy but he's a fucking badass he yeah. fixed dyslexia okay max i need For you to understand sure how force of will no like that has got to be the most like that like, look she's got dragons in the east but this guy fixed dyslexia okay <laughs> equal let's just call in that the time before push. they
1: understood what that was yeah it's great <laughs>
0: It's really wonderful. I also like the scene because it just uh, kind of talks about a, you know, a lot of things. She asked about Tywin's dad, which Tywin has a lot of affection for, but also thinks he's a fool because he he almost cost him the house, the legacy. All there is is the Lannister right. name, and it's a really big deal. And just every scene with him yeah. is so humanizing in this season, and you know he's ruthless, but you also respect the fuck out of that ruthlessness.
1: Yeah, no, he's doing in his estimation what needs to be done to secure the legacy of his house. Because as he says, like his dad was this very kind, jovial, good-spirited guy who nearly cost them everything. So he sees those attributes as like, yeah, like my dad was great growing up, but like that attitude is a weakness. Graham. So I can't afford that weakness or else I'll lose my house.
0: In that same scene, she ends up stealing, uh, like, the war correspondence, right? right? She, like, steals it out of his office and tries to go fuck off and read it, and then she gets caught by the same guy who was <laughs> – this is why he was mad at her, because he got compared to her, and he was like, God, right. it? "Well, like, cousin uh, Oliver of the Lannister clan, you know what sure. I mean? Uh, but what I like about this scene, it, this might be like, look, the show is often very funny, but it's not often visually like slapsticky funny. Mm-hmm. And so Arya now being caught, this guy is going to uh, Tywin to kind of rat out that this chambermaid's at least spying, which is not going to bode well for her. She goes to Jockin, gets that second death fucking yeah. re- refunded or redeemed, you know what yeah. I mean? But it's yeah. so amazing. The sequence is just like, oh shit, he opens the door. He looks right. so fucking serious, falls face <laughs> down. And I'm like, that's like that's a three stooges God's, bit, man. man. <laughs> like, it's really good. <laughs> um, but and also, I, it just I, shows I just, you that Jocken's a badass a little bit. Y-
1: Jacken's a badass, and also I love that Arya, um, like, probably intended to use like these three deaths as like for far more important people, and now she's <laughs> wasted two out of three on like just some jabronis,
0: random at, guy.
1: At <laughs> They were not on her list. I mean, I guess the tickler was, but whatever.
0: I know, but you could have He's been like, start with Cersei, like work yeah, backwards from there. Exactly. <laughs> Didn't work out, man. Yeah. Um, so, uh, next scene, we jump over. Rob. Uh, Rob's hanging out with Talisa, which, by the way, Una Chaplin plays her of the great yeah. Chaplin family. That's her and I just great, forgot. Great
1: granddaughter? Great.
0: I think it's just great granddaughter. Yeah. Eugene O'Neill's great granddaughter. Great no great granddaughter. Great great granddaughter. Okay. So that's all that's a power family anyway, because you got the O'Neills and the Chaplains all sure. together. Like that's incredible. So they're they're yeah, kind of a dynasty. But I remember looking at her, like, what the fuck do you look familiar? And I'm like, oh it's Una Chaplin, you know? Like gotta, <laughs> she kind of she kind of looks like 'em. You know she's what I got, mean? She's got that chaplain edge, For you sure. know. <laughs> the, chaplain edge. Oh, the oft the oft-mentioned but rarely seen chaplain <laughs> edge. <laughs> but you get them kind of like being all like lovey and, and like falling. You, get, you Nothing's happening yet, but you see right. that Rob is like already starting to shirk his responsibility and who comes in, but mama Cockblock block at the right moment. And it's just like, listen dude uh you're a promise to another you know you're promised to another like what the fuck are you doing over here i wish you could follow your heart but you're promised to another and
1: i i love how she delivers these scenes where it's like she's trying to respect that her son is like the proclaimed king in the north trying to treat him with like an amount of reverence that that title holds but at the same time being like you're fucking up (laughs) trying to help you please take this seriously stop fucking up <laughs> saying it in the nicest way
0: she's kind of yeah. like your mom man like I, I maybe your mom's yelled before but anytime she's ever been mad at me she has been so fucking nice mad at me that i've hated it like she's <laughs> i have been like no i deserve more than this yeah like, it makes me. you feel way worse right so I kind of loved that. I thought that was great. Yeah. Um, oh, My but childhood. at the, t- at, the t- <laughs> at the tail end of this scene, though, a raven arrives, and they cut it. It's really movie like a raven from Winterfell. We know, but they don't know. Cut because it's not, I guess, visually interesting okay. to make the next scene him being like, "What do you mean?" You know. So we cut away for a brief comedic moment of Egret and John beyond the wall, where they make camp because they can't find the other rangers. Right, right. So that's a problem. So like, we're just gonna make camp, and he's like, "There's no shelter here," and he's like, "Well." it doesn't matter no fires like we got to cuddle each other so that's i mean i'm skipping over it a little bit but that's the important part because next episode cuddling matters i guess so cuddling
1: matters that's the name of the episode by the way cuddling matters.
0: that was the it was the working title that's also okay. the name of the chapter but these these guys got precious about it and changed it
1: you know? <laughs> the last minute
2: chicken. Uh, down.
0: but let's cut back really quickly to to rob because now he's found out kind of that theon's taken over that meister lewin's raven made it and roost is like you can't go like you you're a mm-hmm. king you're fighting a war we've made gains on the lannisters if you go home now you're gonna lose all the thing like, we got him on the run man send us yeah. you know yeah. so it's a whole fucking thing where he's he's trying to trying to talk sense into him and i guess ultimately he listens but it's still one yeah. of those things where like ruse is, is is as vicious as he is is still the voice of reason here yeah you know? he's also
1: like the vicious bastard you want on your side
0: you know yeah. You he's the he, he's the Dick Cheney. Like you get to you get to be a bro. You get to just drink beers and play golf. Right. But but this guy's going to war. Turn, turn,
1: you. turn the other cheek when he's flaying people alive.
0: What do you got to do, man? Look, <laughs> like war's hell. War's right?
1: war. Yeah.
0: No, I mean, but that brings us to a bigger ethical question. It's just like is total war something like total war in a, in and of itself is its own. I don't want to say charity or mercy because they flay people, but you know what I'm talking about? Like the idea of like total war ends the war quicker. Like, we could do a prolonged war where everything's fucked up for a very long time, or I could just kill everybody, get it over with. Everyone's mm-hmm. suffering is minimized, and I win. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, that's in his mind. That's what's going on. And so it's like, you need that guy to do the shit you don't want to yeah. do. You don't want to dirty your hands.
1: I, I just genuinely love about House Bolton that, like, they're so upfront about their evil that they literally put a flayed body on their banner. Right. And just fucking, yeah.
2: Like, like he's got it, they got, they got it, a wolf
1: <laughs> and house Tyrell has a rose and it's like all pretty and what's nice, your thing? We cut
0: people's skin off. <laughs> That's
1: what we do. Just a flayed guy with no skin on a cross.
0: Oh Christ. <sighs> they're they're the them. men I wish I could be because they just for... go for it. You know what <laughs> I mean? <laughs> no bullshit straight to the point they don't have any qualms about who they are okay like they get shit done i wish i was as brave as them uh back in winterfell uh osha's over here trying to uh where's it asha osha osha whatever asha osha whatever her name is uh is is basically offering herself up to Theon sexually because yeah. he won't put he won't put a spear in her hand even though she asks for it. Um, right. But she's like, "Listen, there's things that us wildlings know as free folks, some savage things." And Theon yeah. always thinking with his goddamn dick, like immediately beds her. Right. Uh, and you like it's weird because it's one of the first times I mean, not first times, but you know, like there's no part of her that is actually doing it for any other purpose than to gain some tactical advantage on Theon. And it's weird that he would not also think that. You know what I mean? That's kind of (laughs) an issue I have here.
1: (laughs) Yeah, he's he's being a fucking idiot. But again, like you said, he's just thinking with his fucking dick. Like, that's the long and the short of it.
0: Well, speaking of the long, uh, she she takes a night with, with Theon and promptly gets up because he's he sleeps like a baby after he fucks. And uh, she sneaks out. She's about to head out there. One of the fucking guards doing the round sees her. And here's the other weird thing about this world. He's just like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm looking for you. <laughs> Theon told me to get it. And he immediately yeah. is like, all right, let's get it. I'm like, bro, she was just fucking Theon. Like, y'all yeah. are a little, like, she didn't take a bath or anything. This is yeah. creepy. Like, yeah, and then really creepy.
1: But this promptly- guy's like all right <laughs> I've been on a boat for like the past year that's fine right, right. beggars can't be
0: choosers man <laughs> any any port in the in the sea as they say but yeah, like right. so uh she promptly fucking kills him because she's a badass you know don't right. trust uh, a free folk and uh then what you find out is like Hodor, um Rickon and and Brand have been like stowed away and they're they're getting the fuck out of there man because yeah. nothing good is going to remain in Winterfell for them
1: right uh, yeah, no, it's it's not gonna be a great place for him. They say, as we find out, right? Uh, um, horrifically.
0: Yeah. Uh, last last scene, Danny comes back from her, you know, j- sojourns out into the world, trying to secure fucking ships and shit like that. Realizes that a lot of her men have been fucking killed, like ambushed. Things are not okay. And worst of all, her dragons have been stolen. And the episode ends with the dragons like, <laughs> and you're like, oh no. <laughs> which got me yeah. bro i was on height. this is
1: the whole uh start of the where is my dragons uh five times per episode minimum <sighs> yeah. right
0: yeah. yeah it got really annoying very quickly yeah. i mean I,
1: I can't <laughs> i can't blame Amelia clark for it too much uh but it's not a great it's not her best i'm not right. saying she's bad she has moments where she's really good this is not one of those moments <sighs>
0: Um Where I honestly, are my
1: dragons? No, I'm going
0: to be real. Like Over the first two seasons, it's not like she's been horrible, but I she is yeah. definitely the weak part of it. And I don't know if it's her or if it's the narrative like uh, independence of her storyline that kind of fucks it with me. But it's neither here nor there. We'll get into it. We'll, as we do these podcasts, we'll pinpoint what the fuck problem, uh, what the problem is with all these people. Episode seven, uh, A Man Without Honor, which I love, named after our boy Jamie Lannister, by the way um we start off and Theon and company they wake up the next morning and the fucking guard is just killed Mm -hmm. (laughs) and they realize the person who killed him was the person that Theon was just having sex with so that doesn't look good right (laughs) (laughs) it's not a great look I'm just saying there's also some background information that uh you know like Winterfell is so well built that yeah 500 men could repel 10,000 troops you know what I mean right which is uh kind of like I don't know the the point. <laughs> like he's trying right. to say that we don't need as much. Like we've taken this as a tactical advantage. Uh and he's getting heckled the whole time by that fucking bald fuck that uh with, that he fucked with him on the dock to begin with before he left right. the Iron Island. You know what I'm talking about? Beats the piss out of him, which is great, I guess. But yeah, you know, like at that point I was like, Oh, maybe he's gonna win the respect
1: of the Iron Islanders, beat the shit out of that one guy, and now he's their king, and it's all right. gonna work out for
0: Theon. Yeah. How long did you hold that working theory? I just want to uh, know. <laughs> until like
1: a couple episodes. <laughs> really until the end of the scene.
0: All right. Uh, so we cut from there and we just, it's a very quick scene, but it's uh, Osha and and the kids and, and Hodor and they're all on the road and, and they're kind of like debating, where do we go? And it's like, well, we yeah. can't really involve anyone because like Theon will kill anyone who helps us, helps us escape, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it just becomes this whole thing where I think they kind of realize they're on their own um i know she's trying her best to take care of them it's really she's another fascinating character man from from being like not important at all to actually having a fucking arc i mean we'll we'll talk about her again uh, in the last episode but yeah yeah, really really proud of what they've done with her such a small character
1: well and i also love whenever they take a character who is not like a highborn type because like a lot of this show is spending time with you know lords the fucking, and ladies the lords and ladies the decision makers the people who are moving these chess pieces around so it's always kind of nice when you spend time with you know the gillies of the world or the, the osha's or the is it asha or osha i'm forgetting
0: hey man i it's think it's with. an either or it's a tomato tomato man
1: <laughs> like. yeah whenever you're spending time with tomato you're just like hey that tomato great character <laughs> great arc
0: uh, let's cut beyond the wall for a moment and the only sure. reason I want to do this is let's talk about John's bone man because he wakes up and he is he's in a new position. He's never been here. This is the yeah. hero's journey. He's in an unfamiliar place. He's like, well, where the fuck am I? <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, again, uh, as a oath to the night's watch, you know what I right. mean? And he grits, oh, she's a free folk. They know do, they do savage things, according to uh, Osha. So right. she's over here, like, trying to... Uh, I, I, I honestly think there's nothing sexual about it at this point. I don't think she likes Jon Snow. I think mm. it's purely a tactical advantage she has over him, that he's yeah. a, like, virgin nerd, and it's adorable. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's a fun scene. It's really played for laughs. And I feel like that's such a... We talk about casting every time, but she's pitch perfect, man. Yeah, like, she's he, the he best... Grew- yeah like rose like leslie ball breaking right? yeah ball breaking yeah. perfection delivery and I, she's just perfect yeah, I love yeah her.
1: she's she is playing Jon snow like a fucking fiddle for a good full season i'd say
0: yeah i was gonna say my my uh my simile was was like a cat with a mouse like at any point you could just you know kill it mm-hmm. but chooses she's to batting him around a little bit yeah, yeah. Cause
1: like Jon Snow has her tied up on a rope and everything. And he's the one with the sword, but at no point is he in is power. He in control? Here. <laughs> yeah, no, at he's all.
0: Fucked up the whole time, man. It's so. <laughs> just incredible.
1: watching Kit Harrington's like overly sincere, confused face. Just trying to <laughs> process all this is really great.
0: No, I love it. Um, all right. So let's cut very quickly to Hall, cause another really wonderful scene. Every scene with Arya and Tywin is worth the amount of time or however much it, it, yeah. it costs to pay them to do that scene. Yeah. But- and also um,
1: when, whenever Jochen shows up in this
0: season. Is it's very true. Too. Yeah. yeah. No, he's the best. Uh, but this specific scene is really great because we kind of go into, and again, it's like Tywin is 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 not dumb, um, yeah. but he's never met her. So you get it. But like, even like, he's like the fucking weird Sherlock Holmes. Like even those powers of deduction let him know that she isn't exactly who she says she is, but right. not that she's a Stark. So there's this whole scene where he's talking about like, uh, what do you know about the histories Of shit, right? And they talk about Mm -hmm. like the dragons specifically, and I love it because it's more world building. Talks about the bad bitches of the Targaryen family. You know what I'm talking about? Which is Mm -hmm. like, yeah, dude, it wasn't just the Mad King. Like, there's some strong female warriors, and you get one. It shows that Arya is well versed. She paid attention to Meister Lewin when they were going through that fucking book. Um, But it also shows like the kind of person she aspires to be, which isn't, uh, you know, a lady with the fucking dresses and bearing children. It's like, no, she wants to be this great thing. Um, And they're staying really true to that, and I love it. Is this a
1: scene where he says, like, you remind me of my daughter? Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Which is like, uh, uh, but it's fucked up because yeah. Arya doesn't like it very much. Yeah.
1: She's but, like, uh, the person I want to kill.
0: Well, there's a great part too here where where uh she's like he's like, okay, that, that'll be enough, cupbearer. And she's like, Thank you, my lord. And he's just like, You're highborn. I I know you're highborn, yeah. okay? Like, it's, it's me, Lord. My, you my fuck. Lord. <laughs> like Uh, And he's like, if you're gonna pretend to be uh, highborn, like, or uh, lowborn, like, do it correctly, and then, and then she fucks up again, like immediately. She's like, my mom taught me how to speak properly proper like you know what i mean it's like well doesn't she say my mom taught me how to speak proper pr- properly
1: like i think she was actually oh, faking him out there
0: baked it out time yeah. okay my bad yeah. my bad all right i thought she fucked up again and tywin was like you're too smart for your own good <laughs> like you gotta hide that shit. yeah either when way he, it's a great. does
1: say that explicitly has anyone ever told you you're too smart for your own good and she right. immediately goes
0: yeah <laughs> No false humility. Like, I bitch, I know I'm smart. Okay, I scored right. like a fucking, you know, what I, you know what my fucking Winterfell SATs were? Like, I killed it, son. Uh, but yeah, dude, I just, anything with them. And I'm skipping over the essence of what makes it great because it's just Charles Dance having a softness that you've never seen him have before. Right. Like, it's just, it's, what a wonderful fucking actor, man. He's so goddamn
2: great.
1: Right, and again, it's because he doesn't have this baggage that he has with his children. It's just this girl he doesn't know. um and he's able to kind of like be a little bit softer and the books again don't give him that opportunity so i'm really really glad that we got to see that um yeah anything else about that scene
0: no let's very quickly and i want you to talk about this if you can the hound and sansa scene because sansa like now appreciative tries to like uh thank you dog i don't think she calls him dog but you know what i'm talking about she tries to go Mm -hmm. and thank him and he's like kind of a dick which is weird because you've already oh, seen
1: for saving her from during rape. the riot. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, what? What about that scene? Did you want me to say like it just in general? Like, why is he being such a?
0: Well, yeah, I just kind of wanted to get your thoughts on it because is it is it him a man at conflict with himself who realizes that there's certain lines he can't cross? And again, I'm not saying anything romantic at all. Just still like no. a line he can't cross. Um, in in servitude of the fucking king, which he's obviously starting to struggle with slightly, and I just wonder if him being a dick in that moment, when we've seen him be kind earlier, is yeah. of him kind of rejecting.
1: that. Well, I, we'll talk about this with episode nine, but you'll notice a trend with the Hound where, whenever he, you know, tries to dress a man down or like you know, kind of uh, get to the heart of who a person is, he always jumps to they're a killer. You're a killer. Right. I'm a killer. Um, I don't think that he knows how to, that, that's the lens that he sees the world through. That's right. how he wakes up every day and does what he does. And I don't think that he knows how to let vulnerability or affection show in a healthy way. Right. I think that's just literally what it is. Um, he, he can write off what he did for Sansa as just him being a killer, which I think he's doing internally, but it's really just that like there's a goodness in him. Right, he doesn't know how to process or confront.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I think it's I mean, but the subtlety of that is what makes it so amazing to me is this yeah. kind of the point man like that we I, i'm repeating ourselves i'm sorry everyone's a good actor maybe we should just get that out of the way but they couldn't have picked a better guy i only knew that guy from hot fuzz ever i'm bad yeah. at british watching and i'm sure he's done a million things but yarp. yeah yarp yarp like that's all i was like that's all <laughs> yeah. he's gonna do and like yeah. the humanity he brings to a guy who was a, in a effectively a monster mm-hmm. killer for the king like yeah it's, fucking, it's it's really wonderful and i think yeah I think,
1: and and Why I think either. it is a little bit what you were saying, too. Like, he doesn't want to uh, be inappropriate in any way. He doesn't want to, right. um, you know, because he's supposed to be a dog. A dog
0: doesn't have feelings, right? I, my dogs have feelings. Well, Are you kidding me? <laughs> No, no. Joffrey's you, dogs. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but still, I just, I, I love the subtlety of that scene. And again, it's like, we get that book ended in episode nine. We'll get there. I ain't worried about it. Um so let's jump quickly to Winterfell just because they start setting some shit up. So they're still on the road looking for this guy, Meister Lewin's with Theon. And and basically the his homie from the Iron Islands is like, you need to send this fucking Meister home so when we find these brats, we can just kill him, right? Like, don't want any interference, any of that shit. And it, I mean, it freaks Meister Lewin out, obviously, because now he can't, be a voice of reason for Theon, not that Theon's necessarily right. listening. Right,
1: and, and we should really clarify that, like, I don't think we really talked about it, but, like, Maester Lewin is, like, kind of, uh, Theon gets him in the whole trap of, like, whoever the Lord of Winterfell is, you yeah. have to obey that Lord, and Bran kind of under threat of violence Yeah, seeded. Like, seeds yeah. Winterfell to Theon, yeah. so now Maester Lewin is, by Westerosi law, required to serve Theon, and, like, he's just playing this game as well as he can, but there's only so many cards for him to play, and it's like it's getting dangerous for the people he actually fucking cares right.
0: about. Right? I mean, he's trying to do a fucking boxing match. He has a hand tied behind his back. <laughs> like it's, yeah. it's not good for him, and it's it's yeah. really amazing it's, to see how resilient he is in the face of all this bullshit. Yeah. No. And it's but it's also heartbreaking
1: to see his heart breaking. You know, and we really see that later. Yeah. Um, but awesome. but but just the idea of him like trying to. Be subservient while at the same time protecting the people that matter. Right. Is really great.
0: Um, <clears throat> let's cut me on the wall one more time if we can, just because sure. uh, John and Egret doing their will they, won't they, You bone, I have a bone, whatever fucking shit she says over and over again. <laughs> Eventually, this leads like she, she again. Inner ropes, in bondage, and uh, fucking sore to the back of her neck, and like never in control, essentially leads John right into a fucking enclave where they he's surrounded yeah. by wild things. Not a good place to be if yeah. you're John and Snow. And to be fair, she is taunting him the whole time,
1: like, You don't know where you're going, John Snow. <laughs> and he's like, I don't know where I'm going. I don't
0: know. <laughs> he's so angry. Like, he's just spiteful. Like, You don't, you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> But this oh, brings John us Snow. to the point where Jon Snow is yeah. now kind of fucked. He's surrounded by wildlings, and you know, that's yeah. There's not, not many way. more seasons where I can laugh at Jon Snow, so I'll, I'll do <laughs> you what I it. You gotta soak it in, now. man. Yeah. <laughs> it's all going away, like you know, yeah. like
1: a fucking... It gets way too serious with him.
0: Jesus um, Christ. Uh, yo, but talk about serious. This is kind of a couple scenes back to back that I really, really love, which is. Uh, back in Winterfell or not Winterfell excuse me King's Landing um, Sansa is a woman she has she, no. as, as Cersei says she had her red flower but the, the larger point she's had her period so it makes her able to bear children that's the larger implication this is not good for yeah, any
1: and that scene of her finding out is almost like it's like uh the scene in the godfather where he finds a horse head in his bed or something she, she's like pulling back the covers and she starts like
0: no, i'm sure no, no, no. ladies really appreciate you comparing a decapitated <laughs> head horse, well horse head my bad anyway listen my point is this that it's it's a scene where like she plays it really well too because she's yeah. Horrified, and Shay sees it, and she is privy she's to the. She's immediately
1: on it. She's like, "All yeah. right,
0: she's yeah. a fixer. She's the Ray Donovan of this world." Okay, so she's over and there trumping shit,
1: and some fucking chode lady comes in and is like, "Oh, lady, oh I must tell the queen." Runs oh, off. Oh, 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 oh. She literally makes that noise as she's walking. Right,
0: Shay, don't play that then, shit. Runs her down, puts a blade to her neck. Is like, "You didn't see shit." <laughs> like basically. <threatens> the- <laughs> it's amazing let me say all for not because who found out the hound sees it and Mm -hmm. the hound being the loyal dog that he is is like i gotta go tell so she gets told and cersei summons sansa and they have this really fucking interesting talk every time i think i know who cersei is she'll she'll zig a little bit you know you're like
1: oh maybe there is a human under there and i'm like oh
0: She gets down to it and she's just like, let me give you some fucked up version of the birds and the bees really quick. And uh, (laughs) after that veiled threat, she does humanize a little bit. And she's just like, listen, like the only thing that's important, make sure you love your children. Like that's all that matters. But what about the king? I mean... If you can, that's fine. <laughs> but right. like, you need to love your children. And again, we could say whatever the fuck we want about Cersei. Like, she is maniacal. She's evil. She's conniving. She's incestuous. She loves her children. She loves her kids, man. And that is such an admirable yeah. char- characteristic that everyone gives her. Everyone's like, she's a fucking douchebag, but she loves the kids, <laughs> and that's all that matters <laughs> in this world.
1: <laughs> so, and the show know. also makes it makes it pretty goddamn clear that she is well aware that joffrey is a fucking goddamn monster
0: which yes i like that in that scene she she recognizes that but it, that's not the scene where i feel like it gets super super pinpointed. oh yeah no
1: it yeah. definitely does get pinpointed later but um, and, well, I just and that's to honestly that clear, maybe like, one of my
0: favorite scenes of yeah. the season is that one but
1: yeah um, no cersei is is too smart to be blind to that right <laughs> obviously
0: uh let's cut very quickly jamie is still in captivity as you know and he has a new cellmate beyond that not just a cellmate it's a fucking distant cousin of his yeah. beyond that another goddamn upon a time, one upon a time all right this fucker was his squire and yeah. some big uh like celebration shit, and it was a big day and and they reminisce and jamie is actually really kind in this and he's like i remember you you were yeah. a perfect squire you were around when needed and you want when you know just like yeah Like, being charming, you're like, I get why this fucker's a lord, man. (laughs) Like, schmooze. (laughs) And it's all for fucking nothing. He's just like, you want to help me escape? And he's like, yeah, I would fucking be honored to. He's like, you you gotta do one thing for me. What's that? You gotta die. (laughs) Like, straight 80s horror (laughs) fucking dialogue. Beats the shit out of him. And you're like, oh, no. Fucking guard comes in. Jamie beats the shit out of him. Kills him. Mm -hmm. And and is in the wind temporarily. Yeah. um, Which isn't great. (laughs) (laughs) nice little side note there which isn't great i'm just i mean like the whole season is like you know that scene's badass and it would have been more badass if he wasn't caught like two scenes later like that's that's all i'm saying Hmm. um okay okay yo but this brings me to this one part let's go to karth and i said that i don't like it that much all right this is the best scene of the entire car it's, fit,
1: it's fitfully interesting it's my review right. of carth and this is one of those scenes yeah
0: well there's two scenes i really love in carth which is this one and the final scene in carth which is mm. kind of great yeah. um but this is my point as much as i love this i don't care please take me back to the interesting people <laughs> like so what happens here is that what's the warlock guy's name what's his name piat pri that fucker that creepy like the, the dean pelton looking motherfucker <laughs> like, he's so scary looking to me he's like like a skinny chickless you know what i mean like yeah, a chickless was skinny chiklis, like meth chickless <laughs> yeah meth chickless there you go and so there the 13 are all convened and he's like i'm a sorcerer and like basically he does like this fucking poof thing and he dr manhattans himself and he's yeah. now like 13 other people and just slits the throat well everyone except our boy what's his Is, name Zaro Zone doxos that motherfucker man. all right which again, should be suspect immediately, <laughs> like I just want to throw that out there,
1: but right I, I mean the logic here on zaro Doxos's part it's like this is the guy you choose to team up with <laughs> right Whatever. point point being like Piapri Pri uh, murders everybody, like all of the thirteen right King Karth, like the thirteen merchants that uh, well eleven of them, and leaves himself in zaro zone doxos to be the new self-proclaimed king of Karth.
0: Right. Um, Fuck that guy. That's all I'm saying.
1: And there's also like, uh, and I love this like fucking sassy little moment where he's like, we should be more, you know, uh, mindful of the Khaleesi's (laughs) suffering. I will help you find your dragons. And she's like, you will? He's like, of course, I'm the one who stole them. (laughs) I have your dragons. It's like, fucker, don't.
0: Let's not play (laughs) this game, this childish fucking (laughs) game. (laughs) Um, let's cut to that scene that we were talking about a little bit earlier that I, I fucking adore. Tyrion and Cersei have this this scene where she, of course, is being a bitch to him because that's how they roll. But there's this real honest moment. And again, like you said, it could either be really funny or it could be really heart-wrenching. Or the third option, which is sometimes they get each other for a brief second. They realize that, like, we are blood. I don't care how much we hate each other. It's my relationship with my siblings, basically. Every now and then, I'm like, okay, we're really, we have a mom, like, whatever. but. <laughs> it's this really beautiful scene where and and again we get a little little targaryen uh mythos even though we got it in the first season as well which is like she kind of has this moment where she realizes like maybe this is the price we paid like to have to have a joffrey because Tyrion's like you need to control this motherfucker she's like you think i haven't tried to control him he doesn't listen to me something's wrong with him. like it's good to hear her actually say it um and and you know like (laughs) What was the line? She's like, every time that a Targaryen has a kid, the gods flip a coin or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then Tyrion's just like, oh, you beat those odds. Two out of three ain't bad. Basically, you know, <laughs> he's like, Am I selling Tom and those they're good people? I, I love that
1: this is the scene where she's kind of like staring off and nothing a little bit, right? And right. getting a little teary-eyed. And like Tyrion does not know what to do with that. He's just sort of like, do I say something shitty right now? No. Yeah.
0: <laughs> He's no. got six of those on deck. He's like, which can, one you do you I You can
1: choose? just see him like, ah, I don't know how to respond to this.
0: <laughs> no, man, but it's 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 always nice whenever you're- Cersei will drop that shit like she loves her kid and that's beautiful but it's also sometimes to a fault because she's allowed she's allowed this guy to do horrific things her son but it's good that she isn't oblivious to it either I think that's a very important thing because if she had her head in the sand about who he was as a person there she was fully on board with it yeah zero sympathy
1: it's like she's like clearly something's wrong with this fucking son that I love so much
0: right I don't know
1: heartbreaking dude heartbreaking
0: um. Let's uh. Let's cut. Let's cut to Lord Karstark, who's not very happy uh, either. Not very yeah. happy. And I, uh, you know, there's a conversation. He's having a bad week. Well, do you blame him? <laughs> like <laughs> Do you have? You lose two sons or just one kid? I forget. Like I've the scene in my head already, but like he lost the kid. He's not very happy with how things are shaking out. Jamie right. just tried to he's, escape, and it's not
1: good. He's not a big fan of it.
0: I literally thought he was going to fuck up Catelyn Stark at one point because he seemed very angry and she was like going toe to toe with him.
1: Yeah, well, uh, okay, so uh, sorry, so like they get Jamie back, right?
0: Yeah, this is, they already have Jamie back at this point, but he's pissed. And, he wants and him to be. the
1: negotiation killed. is like, you want Jamie to be killed because right. he killed my kids. But the thing is, like, this is your fucking meal ticket right here. As long as we have Jamie, it cancels out Sansa. Like, right, we have a trade that we can still make with the Lannisters if need be. Um, we have leverage, and this guy's like, fuck the leverage. He, I want retribution. <laughs> kill right. my kid
0: which is a very short-sighted uh view you know what i yeah, mean yeah
1: but to be fair i've never you know had a kid of mine murdered um by a guy that was in front of me right. so i don't know <laughs> i don't know how easy for you to I say I torres
0: you son of a <laughs> bitch like <laughs> all right a little short-sighted point taken <laughs> <laughs> i mean we're fighting wars here man like there there are casualties in wars i mean yeah. let me just tell you this uh, another fan favorite character loses the son in a little bit, and he handles it like a fucking champion. The lesson to be learned, Car Stark. Even though, anyway, let's get past that very quickly. <laughs> we go back to Winterfell. Theon's like d- d- pacing back and forth, puffing up his chest. He's like, "I fucking told you! I told you what would happen!" <laughs> he's like, "Yo, that was Liam Neeson. I'm sorry." And uh, he, he's like trying to make a point. He's like, "Yo, I told you what would fucking happen. You, you like disrespect me. You don't respect my authority. Blah 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 blah." And right. so. We cut to this fucking wide shot, and you just see these two like kids burnt to a fucking crisp and hanging from the from what the stone part of the I don't know what that thing's called, the tower or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's horrific, dude. Because again, yeah. we the, the audience know, yeah, like,
1: so tragic and epic sounding, yeah.
0: Well, we the audience know that that's not them. However, <laughs> no one in Winterfell knows that, and beyond that, this is such an extreme reaction that it effectively costs him everything, I, I think. I mean, there's no way anyone in the North is going to, uh, like, ever entertain right. anything he does now, because you, you yeah. kill children. and not They're, even they're not going to honor-
1: fucking, like, you know, invite him over to dinner after that. Right. Um, and also, just, like, how the camera lingers over the charred remains of two children hanging by right. ropes is, like, ah, fuck. And what we come to find out is, like, those kids were, you know, farmer kids that they had uh, entertained the idea of staying with.
0: Right. right yep yeah a- absolutely um yeah. which is again right decision <laughs> because yeah.
1: you exactly do
0: that. Um, because, but like- it sucks but it's a damned if you do damned if you don't they, they specifically didn't stay with them for the purpose of like oh we don't want these people to get caught in our crossfire and, and they it anyway. still did and it's it like so
1: regardless sh- of whether or not theon killed the stark kids or not he killed two kids
0: yeah that that yeah. needs to be yeah it's not like oh they didn't kill the starks therefore it's okay still yeah. children you know which is horrific yeah uh, so and, like
1: uh, theon this is the absolute point of no return um for him and yeah. I th- and he knows it
0: um, the episode actually ends, and we're not going to end there, but just since we're in Winterfell, uh, the episode actually ends with Meister Lewin seeing it and being like, no! And again, everyone does good acting, but yo, uh, my, my heart... It kind of wrecks dude. you a little yeah.
1: bit. Well, because like Meister Lewin to me in that show represents, he's a part, he's kind of tied into the the innocence of everything that's right. there at the start, and that gets lost by the end of this season, I'd say. So yeah. like he, he's like the last remaining vestige of like, you know, Winterfell when it was occupied by the Starks and Ned Stark and Catelyn Stark and they were all together as a family and he was teaching Bran about the houses and coaching him on how to lead. And now he's looking at what he thinks is the charred remains of one of the remaining Stark children.
0: Yeah, it's he like nails it dude yeah. in, in a way like there are a couple times where people have to visibly react to a death uh this might be the best one dude i'm gonna be real with you we'll compare yeah. them we'll do a bunch of listicles at the end of this so we can really lower ourselves to the standards of today's critical analysis which is just listicles <laughs> but uh let's end the episode with uh, let's go back to jamie is a captor uh fucking catlin's like get every goddamn chain <laughs> all right like let me make sure this guy's locked up and he's, a, he's an asshole, and he knows what buttons to push, essentially. And mm-hmm. she, he knows that the, Jon Snow's a little bit of a sore subject. And he basically kind of goes after Ned Stark's honor. Like, the great Ned Stark fucked another woman. Like, you know, really yeah. trying to bait her into some shit um and the episode ends like so goddamn enigmatically uh, with well at least that part of it ends she's she that that look goes into her eyes you're like oh shit <laughs> you done said it like i got a spanish mom i've said one thing too many and i have seen that look it's very scary and i assume british mamas are the same so uh what happens is like she's like turns to Brienne, give me your sword she fucking takes the sword from the sheath and then and it cuts we don't get yeah. any resolution on that. You're like, she's going to kill this motherfucker. <laughs> <It> doesn't <laughs> happen. It's a little upsetting, man. And that brings us my friend to episode eight, which is called, uh, the Prince of Winterfell episode starts up and the first shot is dead Ravens. Right. And you're saying that Theon is trying to keep this news away from fucking, you know, Rob finding out or anything like that. It's not very good. Um, you know, then reinforcements kind of show up. The five the 500 men that, that Dion had asked for, uh, for yeah. Yara to bring. Except it ain't 500 men. It's way less than that. And you're like, yeah. well, that's not good. It's not a vote of confidence, but whatever. It could be fine. Uh, he lets her in. They're in, like, in the main hall. And basically, Yara's just emasculating the fuck out of this guy the entire time. Which is amazing. <laughs> like, every... Yeah. He's just like, oh, you took... Like, he's trying to brag. Like, I took Winterfell. He's like, oh, you burned kids, you piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> just, like... Goes hard on him and doesn't really let up. It's like really kind of amazing. And there's this scene, um, where well, actually before that, sorry, I wanna I wanna talk about what actually happened story wise before we get into the character moments, which is he's like, Well, you're here, it's not as many men as I would like, but we'll be fine with the reinforcements we have And she's like, Well, actually, dog, uh, nope i'm not here <laughs> to reinforce you i'm going to take you home son like may i remind you that our power is derived from the fucking ocean we have boats yeah. we're 100 miles away from we're, the ocean we're kind of
1: far away yeah from the ocean yeah
0: which again is just like jamie basically or not jamie sorry theon basically you know went along with a plan to gain some pride but there was no strategic or tactical value to it and he's fucked himself in the process right so, yeah well go ahead sorry No, no,
1: just that it's, like she said, it's not the strength of the fucking House Greyjoy to be holding castles inland wouldn't right. really be holding castles at all. Like that's,
0: yeah. That's, uh, yeah, that's not what they do. Well, and they, Theon wants to soundly reject it too. He's like, no, I got Winterfell. Like, that's an achievement and I'm going to stay here. And, and he's like, if Robb right. Stark finds out, he's like, you won't find out I killed the ravens. And like, <laughs> so at some point she kind of sends her men away. And it's really, it's beautiful because you understand why Yara is the way she is. You also understand that she has affection for her brother. Her her tone, the, the ball busting tone kind of fades away. She gets softer for a minute. And she's like I I don't want you to die (laughs) you know what I mean Mm -hmm. like don't be proud here and beyonds being proud as fuck and not really doing it and she such a pretty scene she's like I remember when you were a baby you were a terrible baby like you would just cry and cry and cry all the time and I remember one night I got up from my room and I and I and I walked over to you and you saw me and you stopped crying you smiled and, and you're like, oh, uh, <laughs> like, it's so pretty. <laughs> and, and she's like, don't, yeah. die by, don't die far from the sea. Like, you know, come home. He refuses. But again, it shows you this really, like, one, she has to be hard because she's a fucking woman in a hard world. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, but she's, she's commanded respect somehow. And that just shows you how bad of a bitch she is, to be honest. But also that she has a capacity for some person that she that is essentially a stranger. Theon, they didn't grow up together, you know? Right. So it's like a really big deal. And I, just, I love that scene so much, man
1: yeah no i mean like and he's just come back to her and even if the father will withhold any affection like up to a point she won't and, and that is really nice and it kind of it sets up her character to be someone you want to follow later on um right yeah no really good scene
0: um Uh, beyond the wall egret has now taken john to go see the lord of bones which is the most metal fucking name i've ever heard in my life okay right he's so cool and it honestly was like a mad max situation for a second like the only thing that would improve this is just a guy like fucking playing the bass on a fucking moving vehicle i thought
1: you said i thought you were gonna say like the only thing that would improve it is if the lord of bones was hanging out in the garden
0: of bones yeah well yeah well that's the other side of the world But he goes bones. He'd have a great time. That's true. It sounds like a vacation spot for him, but right? how is the lord of bones, not in the garden of bones. Right? I had
1: like two weeks of vacation time, so I went on down to the coth. You know, not to the city itself, just to the garden of bones. Hung out there, got a nice tan, right? Got some more
0: bones. The Lord of Bones uh, pissed off because he missed his vacation to the Garden of Bones. Is like, let's kill this motherfucker. He's <laughs> like, but he's, he's Ned Stark's bastard. The fuck right. do I care that he's Ned Stark's bastard? Well, maybe you don't, but Mance may, and Mance should make that decision, right? So temporarily spared, and in the same scene, we see our boy Corrin, uh mm-hmm. and he's sitting here being like, yep, I'm here we went looking for your fucking ass and (laughs) 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 everyone's dead because of you, Jon Snow. (laughs) Like it's a real like (laughs) put it on front street kind of situation, but I like it because he, again corin half legendary right yeah like, the Wildlings know him for fuck's sake yeah. that's like what we glanced over that but he's like who am i and he gret knew who he was which i was like yeah, oh shit Halfhand. yeah, yeah. Oh, like badass the they, they all want to just fuck him
1: up bad so much
0: <laughs> yeah because he's yeah. fucked so many of them up but he's he's, he's so basically old. like and you know john's like low he's like i can't i'm sorry like i couldn't kill her when i had the chance to and then i couldn't find you guys and blah 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 and he's like, well, we got surrounded because we went looking for you. Everyone died. Don't let him die in vain, you know, which is yeah. kind of foreshadowing some shit that's going to happen a little bit later on, but still a really good scene. And yeah, not, it's definitely something
1: that John takes to heart for sure. Um, tries to.
0: Uh, it's not great. That's all I'm saying. Not in a good <laughs> position. All right. He's <laughs> like he's alive, but he's carrying a lot of fucking weight on his shoulders. You know, right. a lot of deaths are, are squarely his and that's not a good look for him. So um from here i think we cut to like rob right rob kind of because because we find out like uh that 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 he uh fuck what happens he's with talisa there we go rob's with talisa at this point and then like he basically finds out after they're having they're like oh we're being cutesy and we're falling in love bullshit um he finds out that jamie's been let go like jamie's missing and he's like who the fuck did this who did this and then mm-hmm. we kind of cut, and we realize that, like, well, Catelyn did it because we saw her with the sword. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? Like, she didn't kill him, and he's gone. Or maybe she killed him and hit the body. I don't know, but unlikely. So she basically gets put on tent arrest, as it were, right? Mm-hmm. He's like, you're to be locked in your fucking tent. You can't come out. He's really mad, and, and it's, it's, like, it's really weird because now there is derision in the ranks in the way that there wasn't necessarily. Right. You're, you're starting to see the
1: whole Stark effort sort of start to fall apart at the seams here and it's because of like catelyn <laughs> like i'm sorry to say but like she's making these
0: well, decisions a couple it's it's a little column a little column a. oh yeah, yeah yeah yeah.
1: there's other okay. things right. that rob is doing but like in this specific instance it's because catelyn yeah went behind his fucking back undermined him and as a king and made an executive decision that to him makes no sense because again Jamie was their ace in the hole. Like, he was their fucking primo fucking prisoner. Right. Um, now he's in the wind. Uh, yeah. It's not, it's not great.
0: Well, uh, doesn't send her solely. Or doesn't, doesn't send him off solely, at least. You know what I mean? Right. Like, she, she does send her with, with Brienne. Or, with, our, la-
1: or, with Lady Brienne.
0: a good who, friend. I,
1: again, was like, you don't have battle courage, <laughs> but you have a woman's courage. <laughs> And that was enough for her to be like, yeah, I'll pledge my sword to you. You're the closest person to me.
0: Right. (laughs) Like, proximity-wise, so I guess that's fine.
1: So now she does whatever Catelyn says, and Catelyn's like, I want you to take this fucker back to King's Landing.
0: Uh, And she gladly accepts. Let's do a little bit of jumping around, if you don't mind, because we go beyond the wall, and we have a couple important beyond-the-wall moments Uh, very quickly, and I don't want to take too much time on it, but at the Fist of the First Men, uh, our boy Sam finds himself a, a dragon class dagger right which is mm-hmm. kind of i mean we, we, we've heard the word before but we haven't seen any of it at all and also i don't think we know its power yet because <laughs> we haven't seen it used but it's a big deal i think right like right. you know and of course it's to the most ineffectual fucking fat fuck I was in the entire literally show. literally
1: just about to say like of all the people to pick up that dragon class, it's goddamn sam but hey works out
0: I mean, by the end of it, Sam is no longer... I mean, yeah, outwardly, he's still a fat fuck. You can't do anything. But he has stumbled into a lot of victories, man. He's he's the Sun King, you know? He's he's like 13 years old and somehow running a nation, you know? It's really impressive.
2: Right. Like, I,
1: <laughs> and this isn't in an effort to, you know, fat shame or anything. But just like, it's like the, the Hugo from Lost of It All. It's like, this, this dude's <laughs> been just like... <laughs> Eating nothing out beyond the wall for a while, like gaining weight somehow.
0: (laughs) Yeah, he's like, I lost a couple of rings in my belt. I'm like, You're on a desert island. You should be fucking a hundred pounds lighter, (laughs) Hurley. Oh, Hurley. I called him Hugo. Yeah, What's his Uh, name? His real name's Hugo. You're fine. Uh, Okay, I did it. You nailed it, man. You did it. (laughs) Yeah, Lost Cast. All right. Uh, Season 5 of Lost. What are (laughs) your thoughts? That's the next one, dude. I can't wait. (laughs) Uh, But no, okay, so also beyond the wall, we just have a very brief moment where uh, Corin has a brief moment to talk to John and he's like, listen, like, Mance is planning to march on the wall. This is a motherfucker that needs to be dealt with. Uh, And I need you to be prepared to do what needs to be done. Wink, wink. You know what I mean? Like, John's like, what? Yeah, just took a big old dip in the lake of foreshadow there. And like, you know, it's good. And John, in all earnest, is like, I don't understand. You know, like he (laughs) doesn't quite get it, which is amazing. Um, But it's important because it's leading us to a point, right? As of right. right now, he's alive because of his name. Uh, and because he didn't kill Gret that bought him a little bit of goodwill. And so now the plan has been like, well, the seeds are being planted for like, how do you fully get these people to embrace, not embrace you, but not kill you <laughs> like to, yeah. to let you live long enough for you to carry out your duty of taking Mance out if possible. So right. It's a pretty big scene.
1: Yeah, no, Corrin's definitely, uh, this is the start of, like, his little gambit here, is to kind of, like, you know, just betting on Jon Snow, who up until this point, from Corrin's point of view, has not exactly been a fucking prize pony, (laughs) Um, (laughs) but he's the only pony he's got, because, like, if Corrin goes all the way to the wildling camp, like... Right. He's not only dead, but he's gonna die in horrible, painful ways.
0: Right, exactly. Because yeah. this is uh this is the, the I don't want to say the yeah. boogeyman, but he's a guy. Yeah, yeah, he was like, effectively the
1: boogeyman. Yeah, like uh, of any uh ranger in the night's watch currently, he's the one with the highest body count, like he's the most respected ranger and the most feared. Um right. so he knows he can't go back there. He can't do anything to get to within an inch of uh Mance Right and a mile, I should say, um, um John Snow, on the other hand, he I mean, could
0: yeah <laughs> he's he's green, man, <laughs> he's a fresh face, <laughs> he hasn't been corrupted yet, he gret kind of likes him. So uh, with, with that scene setting up something that's obviously really great. Let's quickly jump to Harrenhal. There's, a lot is going on in Harrenhal, but it's very mm. quick to kind of talk about. So. We love
1: jumping to Harrenhal, man. I love
0: it. it was it's great, though. Tywin, bro. <laughs> it's, it's like, uh, Tywin, I shouldn't like you so much. And I feel like this is how people become Republicans. They're just like, well, you got to love the moxie, <laughs> all right? <laughs> uh, but so in Harrenhal, there's like another war council. And you find yeah. out that like uh, Sir Kevin Lannister... Is saying like, listen, if Stannis, who's two days away, if he gets there uh, and he lands on the beach, King's Landing will fall in an hour. Like this is not yeah. even a big deal. I mean, it's like they're going to make easy work of your fucking defenses. And as much as Tyrion is trying to, you know, set everything else up, and that's another part of the episode we'll get to. But a lot of studying by Tyrion in this episode, yeah. just like I got to figure this out. Um, <laughs> It's a very good Tyrion. Go fuck yourself. Anyway. <laughs> so, but, but uh, beyond that, like Arya is. It just sounded like Liam Neeson again. No, it honest. didn't. <laughs> it didn't sound like Liam. Uh, all right. So uh, Arya at the same time is about to miss her opportunity to, uh, to get Tywin, even though she like feels a kinship with him. At the end of that fucking war council, he essentially is like, we gotta kill these fucking Starks. Like, yeah, like reminds her that even though like, uh, yeah, there's it's some like, oh, affection yeah, This here. is
1: the, yeah. Uh, yeah
0: the big bad this is the lynchman
1: yeah this we gotta kill this guy. fucker this so, is the power
0: behind the power so she's he's about to ride out in fact he fucking rides out like there's this whole scene where she's looking for jockin because she's like i need to give him a name and <laughs> jockin's yeah, right. just not there like there's a couple scenes She's like where is where where's he at they're like shrug like they don't know um and it, it like bothers her he gets out of Heron hall and then of course jockin shows up you know what i mean <laughs> like, she's yeah. like but you need to get him and he's like but but he's gone man is gone you know like he's like i can't fucking help you or whatever and she's like but he's going to take his forces to go fucking fight my brother like you need to do it and he's like look you can say his name and i'll kill him but you know the death is certain the time is not (laughs) like you can't be forcing this this shit uh,
1: this is on Jacken's time you're on Jacken's time come on man what are you talking about you already made me kill that one jabroni (laughs) on
0: your time Like, which is true like god damn it i give i'm giving you a gift and you're demanding that i give you overnight delivery like go fuck <laughs> yourself man like
1: so aria is learning some very hard lessons about time management
0: well she's a, she's a <laughs> she's whatever. a dick bag about it though because <laughs> she's like i need a name and and then she's like Chuck and Hagar. he's like you do not make a mockery of me sounds <laughs> like, yeah, like maurice from that give, from the fucking to give a man his own name
1: like, just just the, the face he has where he's like, fuck. Yeah. I never thought
0: anyone would do that. Well the, problem is, me. well, the problem is that, like, technically he needs to abide by that. A name was right. given. He
1: owes the, you know, the God so, of death.
0: Like, mm, mm, fucking, yeah. <laughs> so they make a deal, basically, where he's like, yeah, help me escape. And uh, I'll give you your life back, you little fucker. And the uh, uh, girl will name me? And she's like, yeah. <laughs> yes i'll name sure you. like whatever <laughs> the only other big thing to talk about very quickly is hot pie talks about hot pies okay he's talking about how he doesn't make shit finally
1: because really we were all on the edge of our seat as soon as we knew hot pie was in the mix, we were like when is he gonna talk about the hot pie and finally we get it in this episode christian mm-hmm.
0: and i couldn't come a moment sooner <laughs> man literally <laughs> uh hot now- pie just
1: doesn't hand out hot <laughs> pies whenever he hands him out when he's needed.
0: I know. I know the name is a bit of a mislead, but <laughs> yeah, I think it's going to be scarce. hot pies
1: nonstop? But no, he's very fucking considerate when he's. Dude, out
0: his he's hot a pies. fucking he's scarce. He keeps them hot pies scarce. Back in King's Landing, sir, we get a couple of really interesting scenes that I like. Um, which is again, Tyrion studying, being like, "I need to fucking study. I need to figure this out." Really, kind of stressing himself out, and uh, it kind of shows again that this guy will. I mean, he won't be. Beat on an uh, on an intellectual level, you know he will read every book. He will think every stone will be unturned uh, in order to try to find that proper defense. It just shows you the kind of like tactician and mastermind he is. Bronn just being drunk and undercutting everything in that scene (laughs) because he's a boss. But this brings me to the scene, a couple scenes I want to talk about, which is again Tyrion and Cersei. Which again, by proximity, we don't want to spoil too much of what happens in later seasons. But these characters are removed from one another for a considerable amount of time. You. I I forgot how much I loved these two in a room together, man. Uh, And season two gives you so many of those moments. Uh, One of them is just him kind of talking about Joffrey and how like, like he's 17 I know but he's also a bitch and like uh (laughs) but he can't be a bitch if he's a king like kings got to go out there like people will fight harder more emboldened if their king is there fighting beside them and she's like no like people are gifted and he isn't (laughs) like basically and he's He's like gifted in other ways Yeah, yeah like think of jamie jamie at 17 he was out there fucking fighting people and, um, you know, yeah. it just doesn't fucking do it. Like, again, she doesn't want to let go of her baby. She realizes that he's a menace, but she ain't ready to, like, pull the plug on her son, you know? Right. Um, which is a pretty fucking big scene. And, again, don't like, lest we, less we forget, sir, that she's still sore about Marcella being taken away. You know what I mean? Like yeah, she, she, is, she is not happy about it. But, yeah.
1: like, in, in Tyrion's defense, like, number one, I love that he actually followed through on his whole, like, scheme to wet Marcella off to someone. Right. He says a ruse to root out who he can trust. He actually does it, homie. Like does not back down, and right. he's she's getting her out of a fucking dangerous situation.
0: Um. Well, well, this brings us to the next fucking scene, which is also kind of a like a big deal because you know Tyrion is like he needs to fight. He needs to fight. He needs to fight, and kind of like imposes it and, and is really trying to enforce that on her. Um, and at the same time, she's playing subterfuge, right? So she's kind of, she's gotten uh, Roz from the whorehouse, right? Mm-hmm. Because didn't he give her like a necklace or something like that? Like there there was some visual mislead that Cersei's like, aha, this one. Something
1: like that. Because I mean, like he and Roz, you know, he purchased Roz's time or whatever when he was right. at Winterfell. And I know Jamie walked in on that at the very least. So maybe right. he got back to Cersei. But like they've been seen together. He's not exactly been shy about, you know, the fact that he... Banks was
0: yeah well that's yeah. who else will have him uh, except Shay I guess which is a very pretty part later in the season but um so she again Cersei thinks that Roz is the person so he's so she threatens him before this actually you know kind of gets unveiled She's like, if anything happens to him, if anything happens to Joffrey, I will yeah. fucking kill your lover in the most horrific like the worst yeah. imaginable fucking way that she will suffer. I'll kill her. Do you want to see her? And like and, and we are also because we didn't yeah. see Roz get fucking took, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm like, oh shit, fall yeah, so like, back. She's got
1: <laughs> Shay. And like Cersei is enjoying every second of this so fucking much. Like, this is the most genuinely happy i have ever seen her is when she thinks that she's like she a has fucking toddler
0: playing with bubbles yeah. like this is her bubbles Pop, like- what <laughs> and and you know again let's give credit where credit's due here so the big reveal do you want to see her and brings out it's like a battered fucking ross very sad yeah fucked up Um, And Tyrion has to play this well enough that she believes that Roz (laughs) is the lover, while also being surprised enough to be like, Roz, I'm fucking sorry. I got you. We will deal with this at a later time. Don't fuck me over here. Uh, Yeah, like it's such a balancing act. It's really wonderful, man. And um, it kind of kills it.
1: Can we also just say poor Roz, like even just up to this point, (laughs) since she's been in King's Landing, it's been nothing but a shit show for her
0: yeah no it's not good <laughs> right? like, she was supposed to come to come here to have a better life and uh, yeah, she not. was just
1: trying to find like a better whorehouse right. that wasn't the northern whorehouse um
0: <laughs> you can only go so far in a northern and instead you know, she, she gets hired the by the king to time. beat up
1: another mm-hmm. hooker and do horrible things and she gets beaten up and gets held prisoner by the queen right so she's on every monarch's shit list yeah she's okay just a, she's just a young businesswoman christian she's just trying to make money an entrepreneur know? trying to hustle okay <laughs> right. trying to hustle her goddamn way it's so fucking Getting fucking crazy. punished left and right for it it's not great
0: uh, um let's jump to rob very quickly if you don't mind rob stark is kind of despondent and like why haven't we heard from the north and Roose is like hey i've sent so many ravens dog i don't know what to tell you they ain't responding it kind of gives him you know some fucking uh, pause for concern because again last thing he heard is like yo i took winterfell radio silence there's mm. been no other communication at that point not even theon didn't even do that meister lewin sent out the message it wasn't like theon's like hey i did this motherfucker so right. the last thing is from a familiar friendly person and then nothing so he's a little freaked out um i think this is the point this is the scene where Roose bolton's like hey you know I don't want to tell you anything but i got a bastard and he's yeah. real good and
1: i would be honored yeah. <laughs> to have him bring you theon's head on a plate kind of metal like, yeah but then rob is like uh, i want him brought to me alive so that i can fucking like look him in the eye and ask him why and
0: then take his head myself
1: right yeah which i is, mean it's you know some righteous anger from old robbie
0: I mean, it's it's fucking metal. And again, we're seeing him kind of react emotionally. Like, he was tied to honor and shit a lot. Like, that's a problem yeah. that he's had. It's a problem he's going to have at the end of this episode. But it's still, you know, a fucking... Uh, he's trying to do the right thing and don't do it, bro. Like, Bruce Bolton somehow is the fucking voice of reason here, which right. is crazy to me.
1: Well, he's, a, you know, he's not a stupid man. He's just kind of a fucking evil man. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it happens it happens all the time um i want to cut to a very quick scene uh well we're in the boats all right we're on our way we're en route to fucking the, the Blackwater, and hmm. king's landing and there's a softer moment it's ser davos and stannis and they're kind of yeah. reminiscing in a really pretty way um, I think that you know they, they kind of talk about the fact that they went to war together the first time during Robert's Rebellion, and right, Danis did this really amazing thing. Like, what did, what what was the place that he held? He held something with like only a hundred men, and it was like really fucking
1: impressive. I thought it was Dragonstone, right?
0: Is it? Yeah, okay, yeah, Dragonstone. Yeah. All right, so he held, he held that. He's like, I did it with a hundred men. Like, it was badass. Yeah. Did they remember? No, they didn't. Fucking remember at all these pieces of yeah. shit, and uh, doesn't
1: he talk it, about like running out of food and everything? Yeah, yeah and it's, it's like a really
0: humanized. Like, like, like I get why yeah. samus is kind of a
1: hard ass all the time, you know. First we like, ate the horses, and then like they ate, like books or something. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, the nonfiction books not very filling, but the fiction. Oh my god, man! Oh my god. <laughs> No, but it's, um, a, it's, a, it's a really pretty scene. Also, that scene, historically analogued, I, I'm, like, I'm sure it happened a bunch, but Washington and Valley Forge, have you ever heard that? Like, the long winter mm-hmm. came, and he had to eat his fucking horses, you know? Oh, sure. Congress yeah, yeah. gave them a third of what they needed, and he's like, we're eating horses over here. Don't fucking tell me to keep marching, you know? Right. So I, I like that there's, you know, there's always historical analogues. I don't know if that's the one, but that's the one that immediately popped up to mind to me. Um, and in the same scene, I believe he makes some, he's like, when I take the throne be hand of the king you know what i mean he right. like kind of offers that over to davos which again uh, you know from pirate to thief to hand of the king man right it's amazing. because
1: he makes it clear that back in the day like davos was the one who was able to smuggle in through this naval blockade right enough food to help them survive um yeah. which was enough for stannis to be like all right you're, you're a good homie in my book you know i'm gonna take your fingers but you know you're a good guy um uh, right yeah and, and now he's like, yeah, I'm going to name you Hand of the King. And this is uh, a really humanizing thing for Stannis, too, because he's removed from the influence of the, the Red Woman. Uh, she right. hasn't come along on this trip. Her Davos's ultimatum. Um, and we're just seeing two homies like uh, forge a new path forward. And you're like, you know what? Maybe it wouldn't be such a bad thing right? if, uh, if Davos is the one who's like on Stannis' side. Because clearly Stannis has a code that he lives by.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's oddly fucking honorable. Like, it's, everyone yeah. has a code, and you don't always have to agree with it. But it's interesting that there's the old guard and the new guard. Like, there is a generational thing here, and I wonder how much of that he was really trying to, to talk about. But the old guard play by a certain rule. Tywin Lannister wanted Ned Stark dead, would never have done it the way Cersei did it, the way Joffrey did it. Not in a billion fucking years, because there are rules to the game. Um, and what we're realizing is that those, like, think about all the old guard. Even that they hold high power in these early seasons it doesn't end well for any of them. No. So I just think it's a, it's a really interesting, interesting, interesting kind of, you know, look. Um, there's so many more things that happen in this episode. I know, I know, like we go back to Winterfell at some point, and, and Meister Lewin knows that the boys aren't dead like they, they mm-hmm. find him in the crypts and everything which he's like shit all right cool yeah. like i need i needed that moral victory man <laughs> like right. so it's really good but it also puts him in this now position where he's going to uh you know like he he has a catbird seat he's he has an advantage over theon he knows something theon doesn't know right. um and uh it's, it's good it's good because the yeah. one was at his lowest last episode and by one episode later he's like i got you mother yeah you know yeah I'm really glad that you know his story
1: doesn't end with him thinking that uh, you know Bran is dead and Rickon is right. dead, or dead. Um, but does he not say though um, he's like whispering in the dark to uh, Asha about what happened to the other two boys that yeah Leon, yeah and he's like the Bran and Rickon must never know and we kind of pull over to Bran eyes wide open yeah. awake hearing all of it Um and yeah, it's pretty much the very begin, beginning of the precipitous fall of Brand's innocence. And it's just amazing like how uh, that inciting incident of Theon taking Winterfell, like how much of a domino effect that has on so many people and so many, like the North in general. Right. Like, it's really impossible to overstate how monumental that was. Yeah. And it's all just born out of uh, one guy's massive insecurities.
0: Yeah, it was something that couldn't be undone no matter what. I think that's yeah. like the bigger fucking like thing about it, you know? Um right. I, I, I hate to do it, but we have to go to Karth really quick. All right. So <laughs> in Karth, Danny's like, My dragons, where are my dragons? And and people Danny. are like, Leave Karth, man. You know, people People are going to ask the poor. Just fucking get out of here. Like, literally, Jorah's like, listen, your life yeah. matters more than these fucking dragons. But they're my children. And my favorite line is like, they're not your children, Khaleesi. You did not carry them. <laughs> right? <I'm> like, yes. <laughs> like you didn't yes, carry. Them. Somebody said it. Someone had to. Jorah sacrificed for us, man. I swear to God. And it's like, she doesn't really like it, but she reminds him very carefully, like, I can't have kids. Motherfucker. Like these mm. are my kids. In case you forgot. Thank you for yeah. bringing that sore subject up. Right. Uh, but- Makes him feel like the asshole. He's like, oh Calicia. Shit. Well, I mean, because doesn't what's his face? What's his uh piat Right? That's his name. The current
1: Yeah, there we go. piat pre. Let it be. piat pre. I don't know what I'm saying. That's a change. for the
2: ages. You know he
1: Pyet Pri. I don't know how you I've always pronounced it in my brain as Piat. Right. But it might be Piat
0: you might be right who knows but he's like hey you know, come on you gotta go to the house of the undying you want these dragons yeah. i got them it's like hey house of the undying welcome bro. i've been inviting you again and again
1: he's like michael scott inviting jim halpert over <laughs> out to dinner <laughs> like again and again excuses excuses but now michael scott's got fucking jim's kids right Jesus Christ. That's a bad it's a bad comparison. It kind of
0: I wanted to I wanted to to go for it so badly, but it just didn't land. <laughs> oh, man. Um I'm trying to think, is there anything is there is there any last thing? I think we pretty much nailed it. Yeah, because the last scene I'm pretty sure is just the kids being like discovered alive and i hearing right. all
1: that shit. Yeah, no, it's pretty much just Jorah like agreeing to go to the house of the undying with Daenerys right. is what we should generally mention. Um, Arya kind of waltzing out of Heron Hall after Jacques and Hagar uh orchestrates that escape for them. Right. Right. Yeah. And um I think that's pretty much everything of note that happens in all Epi eight. Um right. because we are leading again, we should really mention that uh uh, I think we skipped over a brief scene with Tyrion and Barris and uh, just kind of like looking out. Yeah, you know, looking the at the battlements, yeah, you're and, right? You know, the bay and everything and talking about the coming invasion. Um, and Barris does bring up the fact that Daenerys, the girl on the red waste, is now in Karth and she right.
0: lives. And, oh. and, well, he also is like, should be years before these dragons yeah. can do anything, but, right.
1: <laughs> you know. Yeah. Keep and, and that was, like, a good, like, reminder to the audience. Like, everybody like, yeah, right. she's going to come in and fuck everybody up in season three. Like, no. A couple more years. <laughs> no, we got some time. What the showrunners are saying. Which is what um, we
0: needed, man. But listen, all of this has been table setting leading up to effect- effectively this moment, in my opinion, which is this whole... This whole season has been leading to the, the big battle of the, the culmination of these things. Yeah, okay, we started yeah, off with the battle of, of Blackwater. Yeah. Renly's fucking gone. Mance is still not playing the game yet. You know what I mean? Stannis is now fucking, he's going to be there. He's going he's gonna to show up at any point. And that brings us to episode nine, which of course is uh, Blackwater. Blackwater. So th- this is, um, you know, much like the episode nine, holy shit moment. Most, most shows will, will take you to the finale, give you a cliffhanger and be like, "We'll come back. Game of Thrones really has subverted that pretty much its entire run. Episode nine is the holy shit, what the fuck moment. And then right. they always are patient enough to be like, all right, let's talk about what happens after. And yeah. episode 10 is usually that. This one, yeah. like I said, ep- season one is the Ned Stark death. Season two is the culmination of, the, of Stannis's uh, march on King's Landing.
1: Right. Yeah, we're finally seeing it come to fruition in this episode. And this is um, the biggest, at least up until this point, the biggest budget by far episode of Game of Thrones and the biggest just set piece battle, biggest anything. Right. For... They brought in Neil Marshall, of all people, legit Hollywood director to come so and pull it off.
0: These. Um. And uh, also just the creative behind the scene things. Martin adapted his own story for this episode. He's the writer on this episode, which I think is like nice. (laughs) Like they tried to to throw him a bone and they gave him a really important one. And he kind of fucking killed it because uh, for being a spectacle, for being this like essentially a a hour long set piece, because it kind of is. They give you so many different character moments. And I just kind of want to jump in if you don't mind, because war is imminent but what what we're doing is we're having these quiet moments before the war and we kind of go to everybody we see uh sir davos is having like a, a moment with his son which we've heard about but i hadn't really seen too much before this you know what i mean right we just
1: know that his son i think it's established before now that his son is an avid follower of the lord of light has fully given himself over to the cause and davos is not one to begrudge any man for his beliefs isn't right. all about it but he's like okay you know you're you're a man now that's your choice
0: well again it's like it's what's well, a sweet thing because sir Davos loves his kid in spite of any beliefs but also it's like right. they're talking under the assumption that like this is all done, you know, and by the morning uh, Stannis will be on the throne and it's all good. Right? <laughs> like, because it's... to
1: be clear, like, let's look at the map here for a second and, like, fully understand why yeah, like, Stannis marching on s- King's Landing this up is such a us, big Max. fucking yeah. deal. Um, he has, like, successfully not only, like, he has his bannermen, he has Renly's bannermen who have migrated over to his army. So he has a massive army, naval superiority, and the Lannister army is spread thin fighting Rob Stark in the north and middle of the country. Right. Um, so there's barely, it, this is undefended land, much like Winterfell was kind of a vacated area for Theon to take over. King's Landing, all they really have is the, uh, you know, kind of skeleton crew army in the city. Right. And um, the fucking walls of the castle in the city. Yeah. Well, it,
0: it explains some people's actions, right? Because right. We, we cut to Tyrion really quickly and it's very reminiscent of season one's Night Before the Battle, right? Where mm-hmm. he's lying there, but it's the same company. Shade's there and, and he's obviously worried and he's just like, if the city falls, like, Stannis will fucking kill any Lannister he can find. Like, and especially right. me, he knows I'm like running shit in King's Landing right now. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. And so and- it's
0: definitely weighing on him.
1: And it's not just Stannis killing the Lannisters and the characters we know, but we've also been introduced to the common man more in this season. The common man is royally fucked if Stannis' army gets through those gates. And he's going to attack the mud gate, which was established in the previous episode. I don't know if we talked Mm -hmm. about it too much. Um, But it's a pretty vulnerable area that he can kind of gain access into the city. Right. um so like the common man's going to be fucked and they talk about like how you know when a siege happens thieves love a good siege because they start hoarding materials and then when all the dust settles they're the richest man in the city because they have all the resources right um so yeah a siege is not going to be good there's going to be rape murder <laughs> pillaging etc uh stannis might be honorable but his men probably aren't right um So, yeah, this is a very, very big deal. This is Doom approaching on the horizon.
0: Well, even if Tyrion is only concerned about killing, or maybe he isn't, but the fact is Cersei is ahead of him on that because she's procuring some fucking, what is it, uh, Essence of Nightshade or whatever? Like, basically, she's getting some poison for if if the worst scenario happens, she right. will not be taken alive. You know what I mean? But yeah. not specifically her, her kids, what I think is what she's more concerned about.
1: Yeah. Like what's the saying? Like one drop will make you drowsy. Two drops, you'll fall into a nice restful sleep. I like that like, whole
0: thing because the yeah. uh, Picel is just like, and ten dro- I know what 10 drops will do, you fucking idiot. <laughs> like she basically <laughs> calls them that, which is great. But yeah, so it's like, yeah, look, it's it's like a sleep aid, but like most sleep aids, if you fucking abuse it, you can die from it. And right that's clearly what her intent is. It's really interesting. So again, we've seen Davos have a quiet moment. We've seen Tyrion have a quiet moment. We've now seen Cersei not necessarily have a quiet moment, but taking the precautions that she feels is necessary in case. She's preparing to
1: die and take her child with her. Right, because Tommen is left.
0: Listen, I don't want to use the Hitler comparison, but in terms of being like, no, no, but let's be practical about this. This fucker killed his dogs and his the and his woman. I (laughs) I love that we started a whole other podcast, and still, still, Christian. I'm going to find a way. Find a way. (laughs) Uh, But all right, that's my point. But the one I like the most, not Tyrion having a reminiscent moment of the night before war, not her trying to find a way out of a horrific end. Uh, the thing I like the most is we cut and we hear the reins of Castamere. And now we're in this fucking pub and Bron's got a fucking big titty woman. I hate to say that, but that's what it was. Okay. And they're all drinking and the hound shows up and, and Bron is trying to do his level best to be like a, a decent person, I guess. He's like, eh, this drink's on me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's trying to now. like, kind of like,
1: you know, what the spirits and everything like hey let's hang out and get drunk and you know fool around with some girls nothing like that before a big fight right um yeah and then who walks in but the fucking hound and right. like all the air kind of gets sucked out of the room he like even like bullies some guy off of his favorite <laughs> table and just like stares him down and i guess it's the hound squire which right. i would love to know more about that relationship yeah, what's that the guy up to yeah, right <laughs> Like, what man is good enough for the Hound or doesn't piss the Hound off enough to, like, carry his swords and shit for him? What
0: you don't realize is that they never settled on one actor for that because within the story, the Hound kills his squires left <laughs> and right. Any innocuous Listen, it's mistake. It's a <laughs> weekly
1: occurrence. It's a weekly expense. Like, the Master Coin is running up the numbers. Well, He's that's like, my
0: point. Yeah, like, they look, they can afford the war. They can't afford to keep replacing the hound squires, man. <laughs> like, come on
1: um but no he does have this uh confrontation with braun right because the hound immediately and not for any specific reason really it's because the the hound sees braun kind of being a man of people and being jovial and being this and being that and to the hound i I don't know what was your take on this uh it, it kind of read to me like the hound was saying that bron was being false up to a point that this jovial thing that's just a fucking front you're a killer just like me
2: don't uh, well, act like you're
0: different yeah i mean that's certainly part of it the other part of it is just him measuring himself up against someone else like i honestly think it's a it's a me- like you think you're better than me because you can kill people and still be happy and jovial and a people person like right ah uh, you're you're it's a it's a front it's a farce you're doing this because you don't want to deal with the reality which is that you and i are the same and we get there's that great moment where he's just like i'm just like you only i'm bigger <laughs> and yeah. you're smaller he's like and i'm faster <laughs> right like they have right. that back and forth LeBron ain't gonna be bested which is my favorite part of it and there's this literal fucking there's a standoff you're yeah about man. To, like
1: <laughs> he's fucking gripping his dagger behind his back and everything just ready to go and then
0: horn Horn yeah right the fucking bells bells. start ringing and i like that because then we cut to Varys and Tyrion, and and varus is like i've never liked the bells (laughs) like the (laughs) bells only ring when something bad's happened they only bring bad news basically right and i there's (laughs) this one part which i i gotta ask you this question but there's this one part where podrick's helping him with the armor and Mm -hmm. shit like that and he's like um hudrick like feigning that he doesn't know yeah. it's like oh that was cute pretending like you yeah. don't know the name of every little boy in town he's like i don't nice know what touch. you mean yeah
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> i know that you know precisely what i'm referring to and so my question to you again is like this is not the first time someone has been like yeah Tyrion likes to fuck or various likes to fuck little boys and i'm right. like but he can't fuck little boys because he doesn't have the equipment for such a task but That doesn't mean he's not doing something nefarious, but think about this, because it changes how you feel about a character who is probably one of my favorites in the entire Mm -hmm. show, but if he's touching little kids, that changes things a bit.
1: Uh, Yeah, I mean, there's the, you know, it's always been kind of a suggestion by people, and I think that that's really just tied into his otherness in general, that he's a eunuch, that he's from a foreign land, that he's strange, that he knows all. Right, um, And the fact that all of his little, you know, his little birds uh, whispering in his ear are usually l- young boys. Um, but I don't think that he's up to anything uh, fucking nefarious. I could be wrong. I don't think show Varus is up to anything nefarious. Book Varus remains yeah, book to be seen. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I mean, because in the same scene, he's like, uh, I've ever told you how I was cut. <laughs> you know what i mean like they can they're they're hinting at this much deeper fucking story with various which is really really interesting to me especially gets all gets fucking really touched upon in the next season which is why i'm really excited to talk about it is at least they're bringing it up here um but beyond that's a big one Beyond that one, I mean, just like the back and forth with him and Tyrion. Tyrion's just like, I don't think I can necessarily do this. Like, mm-hmm. and he's like, Well, let's hope that you're wrong because yeah. you know the city needs you. And I believe, I truly believe, and I believe that Varys believes this. You're the only man who can save King's Landing. Right. You know what I mean? I, I don't think Varys is too worried. Varys is, a, is a, for lack of a better word, and I certainly don't feel that mean this in a disparaging way. But he's a cockroach. Like he can, he can fucking survive it all. He'll land on his feet in a way. Right. You know what I mean him and Littlefinger are very similar in that way to me. So it's like, I don't think he's worried about that, but he's talking about what's good for the realm. Stannis is not good for the realm. Joffrey ain't necessarily good for the realm either, but and all,
1: especially from Varys's end, he knows that uh, Stannis is being advised or being, um, you know, manipulated by the red woman. Right. And that exact magic is what led to his castration. Um, So he immediately doesn't trust anybody who practices that kind of religion.
2: Of course. Um, So so the
1: idea of a king um, who is following this extremist religion that allows that to happen to a young boy or to anybody, he's like, nah, that that wouldn't be good. (laughs) To say the least. (laughs) Nah, dog.
0: From there, like we, we cut to a couple more quieter moments right before things really pop off. Uh, Bron and Tyrion have a moment <laughs> where he's just like, uh, you know, basically like, "Be safe. I'll see you after the battle, my friend." And he's like, "Oh, we friends now." And he's like, of course we are. Just because I pay you doesn't mean we're not friends. It doesn't negate our friendship. And enriches it even. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Those two are perfect. Uh, yeah. again, there's a reason that they were they were put together immediately. And uh, it's such a good little part. The other part I really love about that same scene is Sansa being hilarious out of nowhere during this episode. Because she sees Joffrey and Joffrey's like, I've got a new sword. It's called the, uh, what is a heart eater. Kiss my yeah. sword. And uh, when I come back, you can kiss it again. And then she's like, oh, so you'll be fighting. That's what you're going to be doing. And, yeah. <laughs> and she's immediately like, just, challenging him. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I don't tell my battle plans with stupid girls. And he's like, I am stupid. You're right. So of course you'll be in the Vanguard fighting. <laughs> like Just being such an asshole. And I'm like, See, yeah. it's uh, clearly not the time, but I love it, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Um, and there's that great scene with Tyrion and Tyrion's kind of like, giving her like the, the goodbyes <laughs> as well. <laughs> He's like, I pray for your safe return, <laughs> just yeah. as I pray for King Joffrey's, which you're just like, well, clearly, like, she doesn't she thinks really badly of Tyrion still, which is sad because Tyrion's I mean, naturally. I get it. I get yeah. It. Just, He's the so twisted
1: bad. demon monkey behind the throne. Yeah. Right. Like, of course. Yeah. No, like uh Tyrion is often uh, you know, just seen as the short Lannister. The right. Lannisters are all dicks. They're all
0: the same, yeah, which is sad because all they see is a dwarf, and uh, instead of who he is. But regardless yeah. of that, um, Sansa then has a moment as they're walking away with Shay. I think it's like, "Don't worry, uh, he'll he'll be back," or some shit like that, or like maybe he won't come back. And he's like, "He will." Like the worst ones always come back, which is obviously true which is the sad yeah. fucking part of the world but again right. very emboldened in the first part of this episode not so much when the siege begins uh mm. and we're we're literally almost there uh now we're on the fucking the, the bridge right and now we're preparing we're we're looking for the boats as they come on because when the bell started ringing they were yeah. like oh they want to play music we can play fucking music a they got the drum guy going on this is when Turns the mad max, mad max guy yeah. would really be fucking <laughs> killing it you know what I mean? So now the fucking things are going on and, and he's asking a question and fucking Tyrion is like, I ain't got time to listen to your fucking questions, Joffrey. And he's like, I'll cut you in half. And he's like, then I'd be the quarterman. Okay. Like he's got <laughs> jokes when fucking war is about jokes to jokes for days. Jesus fucking have Christ. The same
1: ring to it. I
0: love yeah. it. Um, and this brings me kind of to the big spectacle of it all, because now we are in the positions we are waiting for the ships to come. Uh and in terms of spectacle, this is gonna sound weird reminded me of a scene of the last star wars movie <laughs> there's mm. a scene where uh, the now we see the ships are coming and uh and joffrey's like fire what are you doing and he's like fucking hold all right i got this i've read a book before and uh he sends just the one ship out there and obviously the wildfire is fucking leaking and davos sees that and just like when he gives the signal and homie it's braun right who shoots the arrow unless i'm yeah.
1: incorrect well, I, I do want to make one quick point, and I'm sorry. I know you're getting no, 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 no. geared up here. But um, I promised I would in the first episode of this season. Uh, the old man who makes the wildfire is so fucking happy. Right. yeah. Like, the look on his face. Well, he just
0: pops up out of nowhere, too, he, right before he, he, that hero. He like, literally
1: arrow. pops up behind a fucking short wall, and is just like, <laughs> he's literally like Igor in Frankenstein or some shit. Oh, Just so happy to sure. see his wildfire get used. Yeah, it's his life's All work, his fucking man. life's work,
0: exactly. <laughs> Such a
1: minor character, I missed it on like the three times I've watched this show. Uh, I saw it this time. It was so fucking good. Anyway, sorry, it's well worth
0: it. No, it's no problem. I mean, it, it, that is a big moment for the comedy, <laughs> and there's like a lot of comedy in this episode for no reason. Uh, I mean. But in this in this specific scene, again, this is the comparison I was going to make. Bron shoots that fucking arrow, and and it's with such sound design and drums and bells and everything else. Yeah, because the music cuts out, and you just hear the the whistling of the the fucking arrow, man. And I'm like, yeah, Yeah, that is. You see
1: this this empty, unoccupied ship just leaking wildfire out onto the bay in the middle of Stannis' fleet, and then that arrow
0: hits. Right. Which also, uh, just from just from a recollection standpoint, was used far earlier in the episode than I remembered. I forgot that that, that was the first shot of the war. <laughs> like, yeah. And, and when that happened, Stannis is like, oh, "The half man used his trick. He can only use it once." Yes. And I was like, "Yeah, oh, that's
1: right." It, it is unfortunately the only thing that Tyrion really has um yeah it's yeah. fucked
0: up like we're giving him all this credit but like all right, well it's us hold off but the credit is not necessarily his as we'll get to in a little bit what i like about the wildfire thing as well is just uh, a lot of perspective shots of seeing the spectacle of the wildfire the one that mattered the most to me though was the hound the hound this is really the start of where the hound is like this is yeah. the next level shit because I-
1: that explosion is way bigger than i think any of them ever thought it was gonna or be, or that would ever see, like, yeah, like nothing. There, they didn't have bombs back then, yeah. That this is like a, a nuke going off or some shit.
0: And beyond the actual initial carnage, in, uh, in by the way, the witch, we see Davos get thrown from a shift. We also see his son presumably die, um yeah. he does, but we don't see it necessarily. Uh, but but just that shot of the hound when he's yeah. listening to the people burning still, like in the water. Right that look he gives, you're just like, ah, shit. (laughs) Like, it really, again, that dude's a wonderful actor, but he sells the horror of that moment. And pretty much from that moment on, you see him progressively be more horrified by the terrors of war in a way that he has shut himself out. Like, he's never been a big deal to him. You know, he's a killer. He just had that conversation with Braun, and yet in this moment, it's some next-level shit that even he can't deal with.
1: Well, it, it takes him right back to being a scared little boy who's being pushed into the flames by his brother. Right, um, and you see him. He just looks like a, a scared child for just a moment. This big, right. tough instrument of violence. Yeah,
0: it's no, it's it's a wonderful little scene. And again, I already said the line, but Stannis is like, "Ah, oh, well, you can only do that once. Let's go get him." <laughs> and then- yeah. And they're all just like, but they got archers, and we got to take these small-ass rowboats. Like, hundreds are going to die in Stannis. Thousands. <laughs> love it. Listen, yeah. again, I just love how he's he knows thyself, all right? He's yeah. not going to bullshit. He understands, like, contrition is half the battle. You know and I mean?
1: again, like, big ups to Stannis for, like, contrast to King Joffrey. Like, this episode does really well. Um, without saying it. I was going to say You Mm -hmm. know, Joffrey being a fucking coward. Stannis is like getting on a boat as he's saying thousands will die. And like heading
0: to that shore. It isn't the next scene. It isn't the next scene, but let me jump to it now. Because when Stannis actually, first of all, yes, he's the first one on the boat. The first one off the boat when they land. The first one up the fucking ladder. Say what you want. This guy's a fucking badass and he's not afraid to go out there and fight. And that's like such a stark contrast. Because if anyone actually saw this, any of the people fighting realized their kids a pussy. But this guy is over here, like leading them into battle. You know what I mean? Like,
1: and again, like all of this entitlement, just coming from a letter that Ned Stark sent him once.
0: Right. (laughs) All of that. (laughs) Imagine getting that in the mail and be like, I guess I'm gonna start a war against a nation. like no hesitation it's amazing right. i kind of love it uh let me skip back though for a minute because before stannis actually lands uh there's a great scene where cersei has kind of gathered all like the distinguished guests into this chamber where they and they pulled the 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 drawbridge up so they're they're i guess as safe as they could possibly be for the moment yeah. um but we get this scene where like again Cersei just getting fucked up. Like this really might be the beginning of Cersei just fully committing to alcoholism. Before <laughs> she was like I've had three of five, but now she doesn't give a fuck. There's no judgment, there's no shame in her game. She drinking.
1: Mean, <laughs> I love this it. This is the season of alcoholic Cersei. And I, and I love it. Like she never reaches these hilarious highs again. Right.
0: No, you're absolutely right. Um in that in that Cersei scene there's a couple things I wanted to talk about which is one, she. There's a great line. The gods have no mercy. That's why they're gods, okay? Because right. Sansa's over there praying for mercy and shit like that. And she's like, "Oh, you're so yeah. perfect." She's drunk and angry at the new queen. You know what I mean? Right, because
1: she's also trying to inspire all of the women that are in this uh, tower or whatever, right. like trying to keep their spirits up and being like, "How about we all sing a hymn and all that?" And she's like, "You're so fucking perfect, you goddamn." Right.
0: Piece of shit well no it's really impressive because yeah. even though sansa doesn't do a lot of things right she doesn't know how to play the game she knows how to play the the, the role of the lady of whatever yeah. like well, she's like
1: yeah. yeah yeah that's something she's been training for her entire life that she knows how to do um she just hasn't really had much of a chance to do it because she's Ram. too busy being a fucking terrorized prisoner of the lannisters right Um, also
0: i was gonna say in that scene she's low-key a fucking feminist she was just like i never understood why they separated me and jamie they gave him a sword and they taught him to fight and i was taught how to smile and like you get that like i mean again there's not a lot of admirable characteristics about her but you understand like what she's like i could have i could have taken over this whole fucking world (laughs) if anyone just gave me half a chance man if we lived in a world where women weren't second-class citizens and i think it's a really powerful scene
1: well, as written in the books, um interesting thing about Cersei is she's almost low-key a misogynist. Um oh, really, <laughs> which is strange. Yeah, no, like there there are no other women that I can think of that she has a positive relationship with whatsoever that she respects or doesn't see as a threat or a weak or feeble-minded person. Right. And I think that a lot of that stems from the way her father raised her and the resentment that she has for You know, like, she she sees herself as the rightful heir to the Lannister, you know, lands and titles, but she'll never get it because, you know, she's a woman. Right. Um, So, a part of her hates herself, and a part of her hates
0: all other women. And also because well, of the prophecy that comes later, which we'll talk about. But. can't wait until we yeah. get there. And we're we're like two seasons away, so yeah. I think we're not going to get it for a while. But either way, it's an interesting, like, you understand why she feels a victim of her circumstance. And you also kind of, listen, if we want to just take an objective step back and look at Cersei's arc for the entire series, uh, not up until this point, but just in general. She is someone who does not let her prescribed station in life dictate where she goes. Like, it's really fucking impressive in a weird pull-yourself-up-by-the-bootstrap sort of way, Uh, even if she's pure evil.
1: Yeah, for all the horrific things that she does and is probably about to do, um, I've never hated Cersei, um, ever, because I understand her, and that's what makes her such a fucking compelling, well-written character.
2: Right.
0: So... No, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but listen, there's a war going on and we just probably yeah. left <laughs> uh, a couple of things. I love the hound in this entire episode, but uh, before yeah. he goes out there, he's trying to like rally himself fucking up. And he's mm. just like, if any of you die with a fucking clean sword, like I'm going to fucking like just really yeah. being like, you need to kill all these motherfuckers. We have a job to do. And then somewhere in the middle of it with uh, half of his men dying and then seeing that that one dude literally on fire and running and burning to death before his eyes. The hound's like, um, it's fuck this shit o'clock, guys. I'm the fuck yeah. out of here. <laughs> like, he goes back, he's like, I need a drink. Someone gives him some water. He's like, fucking piss. Fuck your the water. Line. Drink me, bring me wine. Yeah. <laughs> and he's just getting drunk. And, and, and isn't, doesn't
1: Tyrion say something shitty about that?
0: Well, everyone says something shitty to him. The Tyrion's yeah. a little bit okay. Joffrey is just like, I command you, dog. And he's just like, Clegane, like, you've sworn to your king, <laughs> like, you must do something. You know, he yeah. tries to get him to do it, and he's like, fuck the king's card fuck the city and fuck the, fuck king. the king amazing yeah. and he's out and no one and, and, like and i love that joffrey's just like oh, uh, well what's uh, anyone going yeah. to do because unless exactly. you've got fucking the other one gregor clegaine hanging out okay like right. no one's got just yeah. d- opinion on this guy you know what i mean yeah everybody's gonna part like the fucking red sea just let him
1: pass so good on him
0: yeah um the pound, other thing i was gonna it's out The other thing I was going to say is now Joffrey's being bitch like in nature, but Tyrion is more brave than any of these fuckers. Tyrion Mm -hmm. is literally like, because he got like, we glanced over this, but in that meeting with Tyrion or Varys earlier, he had gotten like these blueprints for all the underground tunnels, like escape passages through uh, King's Landing and stuff like that. Um, And instead of running like most people would, he uses them to essentially flank his enemy. And he's the little man being like, let's go fuck him in the ass, basically. Like, he well, because the,
1: the soldiers are losing heart at this right. point because Joffrey's been pulled off the battlefield um, by not mommy. so unwillingly by mommy because mommy tells Lancel, like, go get the fucking king. And right. he's
0: like, but the soldiers will lose heart. She's okay. like, I don't give a shit. <laughs> Quickly, though, that scene is hilarious because <laughs> doesn't she just hit his wound? And he's like, ah! <laughs> Drunk Cersei. Peak drunk Cersei. You right don't there. give a fuck, man. It's she amazing. It really doesn't. But yeah, so so Joffrey's gone. The men are losing heart, and, and the fucking half man is like, I got this shit, I guess. Like knowing, yeah. I mean, I don't say knowing, but like he has to realize again, how do you increase your chance by dying by Stannis Baratheon? I don't know, leaving your safety <laughs> to go next to Stannis Baratheon. Right. So it's 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 this whole thing where he literally goes and he rallies these troops and they go and they flank and there's some some fighting and everything feels good for a minute and then like they actually beat them for a minute they beat those the, the, that first round that first right. wave of people and you're like oh and shit they, they all
1: cheer and they go yeah they, we won
0: and then they he turn it
1: turns around and he's oh, like, oh shit, shit.
0: <laughs> but i but I, again it's just like we're talking about bravery here this is yeah. a half man who was born into privilege who didn't have to do a goddamn thing ever but has more honor and more bravery than any of these people who are so like people were yeah. trying to write the narrative of Joffrey oh he was he's got heart eater and he's so brave and he fought valiantly like there's a scene mm. where Cersei does that because uh, d- or not Cersei. Sansa does that because Cersei fucks off. Remember, she like yeah. leaves, and everyone there's like a little panic, and then Sansa has to be like, "No, it's all good. Yeah, Our king is fighting bravely." Yes, dude. Like creating the narrative. Meanwhile, Tyrion is literally doing it, and he's a fucking imp. Okay, like yeah. it's it's it says everything you need to know about that character. Um, right. You know, show not tell. Man. I, I, really, I also yeah.
1: love that Bronn is like, "I saw you kill a man with a shield once. You'll do You're fine. unstoppable with this."
0: Yeah. <laughs> Which is good. I like that All we right. get a little call back to the history. It's pretty good. Um, and that scene, because again, like everyone's kind of gone away, Sansa ends up uh, seeing the Hound. Remember, like the Hound, she goes into a room, and the Hound's just in the dark, drinking like a fucking emo teenager or something. And uh, he, but he, he basically he's like, "I'm not with the king. I'm fucking out of here. I can take you with me." Which again, a couple episodes back, we talked about why was he so shitty about really trying to uh, accept her gratitude for saving her life and it's just like well it wasn't it wasn't a line he was ready to cross and i wrote all my notes here so the hound's hero's journey has not been a thing This is literally the moment where he is starting that journey. Like, he's renounced the familiarity. He's renounced his status, even though, I mean, his status was just the dog of the king. But still, like, better to be the dog of the king than to be a fucking peasant, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's like he's rejected all of that. He's now actively trying to rescue Sansa, something that's been hinted at at least on a thematic level since the first episode when he agreed at his names day, name day mm-hmm. celebration. So I really fucking love the scene. And again, it's, it's heartbreaking because him being like, I can take you with me is such a like, the, yeah. that's the most he can do, Max. Yeah. He's so fucking stunted. Yeah. And, and like for her not to do it sort of kills this part of him, I guess. I don't know, it's just, what a fucking gorgeous scene, dude. I, I love yeah. that scene so much.
1: Yeah, where she also says, "You won't hurt me." Like she realizes for the first time, like yeah. I, I don't need to be scared of this man, but I can't go with him. So good. it's so good. Yeah, it's it's so so good. good. And it- and like big ups to Sansa as well. Um, what, what's her fucking name? She does really well in that scene, though. In this whole episode, honestly.
0: Right. Sophie Sophia Turner. Grace. Oh, Sophie Turner. You're right. Sophia yeah. Grace. What the fuck was that, I anyway? Don't,
1: I don't know, but we got there.
0: <laughs> All right. Whatever. Okay. It doesn't matter. Uh, so, again, now Tywin's fucking fighting these last bit of people, and it looks really dire and shit's bad. And then, in fact, like, what's his face from the is the Night's Watch or the King's Court? I always fuck this up. I'm sorry. But the people, the, 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 the gold, gold cloaks. Yeah. 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 Homie uh, shows up out of nowhere right. and like attacks Tyrion. Yeah. And Tyrion like, like,
1: like smiles at him and he's like, wait a minute.
0: Gets attacked and it looks really bad. And again, I know that this injury is far worse in the book. I know that he like yeah. loses a nose and he literally becomes a monster, but, but they yeah. don't do that. He gets hit perfectly like a final fantasy eight. And start. I'm
1: fine with it. Like Tyrion right. suffered enough. That was a bridge <laughs> too far for he me. He doesn't
0: also need to lose a nose. Yeah. Okay? Cause like, he's
1: literally got like a gaping hole where his nose is in the books now. It's like
0: fuck, dude. Um, but he literally, like, one of the last things he sees because he's about to be killed, and then a fucking spear through the fucking Patrick, man, fucking Patrick, Like, you know, yeah. again, introduced early in the season. This is—I told you, this is a whole season of Chekhov's guns, right? Like the wildfire. The wildfire was going to. Podrick
1: be, is the ultimate Patrick Chekhov's the gun.
2: Ultimate Chekhov's.
0: <laughs> he's wonderful, but anyway, so he's hit and he's losing consciousness. He's looking around and it looks really dire. And all of a sudden, like, the, uh, some people are riding up, and you see the. You see the lions on the fucking banners, and you're just like, "Oh shit!" And and Tywin shows up, but you know who doesn't know that man? Cersei does not fucking know that, and now she's got Tommen in the fucking in in the throne room, and they're sitting there, and she's telling her this this beautiful story about how like all the bears of the north and the foxes of the south, they'll you know it's like it's really beautiful. It reminded me a lot of like, oh, you're telling your kids a bedtime story because you don't want her. them to see what's coming you know what i mean right. and the whole time she's getting the fucking like poison out and she's about to give it to him and then the doors swing open in the fucking last second and yeah. he comes strolling in fucking tywin tywin we, lannister we won yeah. <laughs> the yeah. war is over and we have won <laughs> yeah it just kills it dude and, and it very fucking... quickly pours out the poison and and yeah. you know all that shit and just like god
1: and man just kind of cut to black Um, But we should mention going back that, you know, just Stannis recognizing his defeat and just freaking the fuck out.
0: Oh yeah, you're absolutely right. I forgot. I'm sorry. People did start like when when the Lannisters show up with the reinforcements, people start retreating, and he's he's up in the like tower sort yeah, of yeah, now, and like he's just battlements and stuff. Stand yeah. your ground, and they yeah. don't stand the ground. In fact, two people just pull him away. Yeah, because <laughs> like, no he's problem. like
1: killing it. He's like killing dudes left and right. You're right. like, holy shit, this guy's a fucking warrior. Right. And like just dragging him away like takes two men to fucking drag him back to his boat um this was stannis's best effort and now a lot of his army has been decimated his naval fleet is almost gone uh right. this is yeah this is not the turn of events that we
0: well let's say let's like let's put it this way which is like you know he lived to, to fight another day but the problem is this as you very eloquently pointed out earlier it's like You had the odds in your favor, homie. Like the the ministers were already stretched thin. You had the numbers. Now you don't have the numbers. You don't really have the the naval superiority anymore either. Like you lost every tactical advantage you had. If you were gonna do it, it was gonna be this time. And yeah, Yeah. you you're licking your wounds, and you technically can come back again, sure. But that's like you've kind of fucked over your best chance, and it is a sobering moment to say the least. One that is reflected in the tenth episode. Um, which I'm ready to get into if you are sir yeah
1: I just want to say really quick like you talked about the structure of these seasons and I really do kind of like and I almost prefer that the tenth episodes are the way they are that they're the course is how the dust settles this is us dealing with the aftermath of what happened in previous
0: right well, it also sets up a lot of inciting incidents for the beginning of the next season. We don't sure. waste as much time table setting, even though that this was such a table setting. The first half of every Game of Thrones season is table setting. Let me let me not mistake that, but it does help the urgency of the situation along much quicker. And season yeah. three specifically starts off much faster because a lot of this stuff was already put into motion uh, at the end of the you know second season. So I think it definitely helps out, man. But I, I'm with you. I think that it's a great and abnormal way to structure your seasons no one does it
1: and i also kind of prefer the final episodes of every game of thrones season to the big event ones like i love the big event ones usually well,
0: because you and i agree that the Up show is point. at it's best when it's people talking and like yeah, yeah. Th- that's cool to have a spectacle but none of that matters if it doesn't have these moments and so now some cataclysmic event always happens in the ninth episode and it forces right. our people to sit in rooms and talk about it like exactly it's amazing <laughs> it's the best fucking part of it yeah so that brings us to episode 10 which is uh valor margolis i don't i never say that right a but valor yeah, uh, got uh, right. <laughs> uh, I got it. All right. I got it. Episode starts with uh, like that lost shot of an eye opening. You know what I'm talking about? And Tyrion's
2: mm-hmm.
0: like, eh, fuzzy and shit. and and he wakes up, and uh, I believe it's uh, Meister Pycelle is just sitting there being a snarky little bitch, like because oh, again, such a he's, he's bitch. gone through some shit, so he is very happy to see Tyrion. At, at yeah, his lowest at a tier. disadvantage because this is the
1: same man who ordered him to be thrown into the black cells, which is not a fun time. We saw Ned Stark in there, right? He probably so he wasn't having a great time. He got his beard enough. cut off. He, he yeah. spent a lot of time on that beard.
0: <laughs> i guess <laughs> the point is this though i i found this a very interesting scene because the 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 information that you need to know about it anyway is that like oh these are your new quarters you're no longer hand of the king
1: and yeah. and uh, even says like uh not as much room as your last room but i suppose you don't really need it do you <laughs> <right>. <laughs>
0: uh yeah no it's a it's a really fucking good scene and it's sobering and what i was saying is like it's really depressing to see that Tyrion, this entire season was at the height of his power he was out maneuvering everybody and and now he ends it immediately like think about this homie went into battle because the coward king wouldn't do it before that tactically at least gave king's landing a fucking shot because they didn't have one if right. they would have landed all those ships. He did everything right. And, and now he, in one episode, he is back to the fucking bottom. He of also
1: it. successfully controls Joffrey to the best of his ability, like more than anybody else does, really. Well,
0: also um, when he was away, uh, got Dorne to be loyal to King's Landing. It's right. another big political achievement. You know what I mean? He fucking killed yeah.
1: him. And he like held off Stannis's army better than anybody could have hoped for instead of him just marching up to the gate. Like, he, right. Yeah. Like, he did some shit.
0: Did a good job. We cut from there, I believe, to the, the throne room. And this is where a lot of shit goes down. Tywin, the savior of the city, the hand of the king, right? Just getting all these proclamations yeah. and shit. Littlefinger uh, gets
1: Doesn't later. Tywin, like, march in there in a horse? With a
0: white or... horse, but the opening shot is a horse just taking a big taking old shit. Taking shit, yeah.
1: yeah. And then such a fucking G, such a power move to, like, not get off his horse. This is the king's court. He's just <laughs> right. shitting on the floor and then fucking riding his horse up to the king and not even getting off, not bowing, not kneeling, and then just turning around, (laughs) waltzing out of there. (laughs)
0: <laughs> no god it's so good man it's so good other a couple of other major implications uh littlefinger gets hair and all uh, in reward for brokering the deal with the tyrells yeah. and the lannisters which is a big um, deal to his I, I
1: really want to say like from the jump this episode in particular is really visually striking it's beautiful like, especially Holy from shit. this scene yeah. um just because like joffrey has now like reimagined or like reconstructed the throne room in his own kind of yeah. like to a tar- it's targaryen sort of um uh glory, Gaudiness. glory. Yeah. yeah yeah just like this red uh backdrop it's almost like a kurosawa movie Right, um, fucking like spikes. I, yeah, not to use kind of the thing.
0: Star Wars thing again, but it looked like Snoke's room in the yeah, last Star like Wars Sno- movie.
1: <laughs> and, and there's just like this wonderful shot of like Joffrey on the throne and Cersei off to the side, smiling, just yeah. out of focus, and it's just so eerie. It's like these yeah. people are in power. These are the people that just won that battle. Well, and that I felt good about it during that episode, but you <sighs> see now, like, oh, this is the result of Tyrion's success. Right. This is the result of Taiwan's success. It's, right.
0: it's bullshit. But the, the, like, even the best people doing altruistic actions still lead to these fuckers being here. Also, from a visual perspective, I adored that shot, and I'm glad you brought it up because yeah. for me, it's like, there's no better encapsulation of what that is. Yeah, Joffrey's at the forefront, but slightly out of focus is the person who's really pulling the strings, which is mm-hmm. like... You do say something Sometimes you wonder why I like filmmaking, like why we want to do it, and it's shit like that. Little things yeah. like that, where you said more in a goddamn shot than people could say with five yeah. pages of
1: dialogue. And and, and I really do want to be like careful going forward about like just trying to pay attention to what this show does well in terms of directing and visuals, because even when the story falls apart, it it gets really strong in that department. And I don't yeah. think it like gets enough credit.
0: The credit Not it deserves. Yeah, Absolutely. I really don't. Um, um but yeah so wait little finger has been given Harrenhal. and hall that's his reward yeah. uh, other big things is is that Sir Loras Tyrell because now fucking Joffrey's like you helped us in our need of hour if your family needs anything just ask me i got you And he's like, all right, well, uh, my sister never banged that guy. (laughs) (laughs) She doesn't say it just like that. He did. My sister never
1: banged that guy. She wants to bang you. Come on, don't you wish
0: Game of Thrones sometimes just said it plain? Like, come on, we got to save time. Let's get rid of
1: the Shakespearean uh, artifice here. We need it. Uh,
0: But, yeah, so she's like, look, I mean, basically, like, I would love for you to marry – let's combine our houses. Marjorie's available, and you're available. It's like, oh, she's pretty, but I'm promised to another. Like, like, in the shittiest way possible. And then Cersei steps in and is just like, listen, your counsels, like, she's a fucking traitor and she has no value to us. Like, And then, like, cut
1: over to Sansa in the fucking room. Like, comedy shot, but also tragedy at the same... I don't know.
0: Not tragedy. No, because it's... Well, it's really great and it's heightened by the scene that follows immediately after this, but basically... Uh, Sansa is dropped in favor of Marjorie, mm-hmm. and Sansa's over there celebrating like the minute she can when she's out of view of people she's yeah. like "Yes!" like freaking the fuck out like because in her mind she's free not realizing and I love that little finger like puts her
1: immediately doesn't give her more than three seconds of joy before he's like you know Joffrey's not one to give away his toys
0: Right and and yeah. what's worse is again what's kept you mostly uh, safe and alive is the fact that you were needed <laughs> like and now you're not needed the same way no, so for
1: a master manipulator he finds the creepiest way to say anything
0: <laughs> well that was that was my next actual thing I wanted to talk about which is this scene has like this weird scene where he's like I knew your mother since I was a child she was like a sister to me. I'm like, no, the fuck she wasn't motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Like we all know how you felt about her. Right. But he looks at her. And again, what is she? 14 at the time of this story or something, something like that. 14. 15, He's looking yeah. at her a little. And I wrote in my notes, is this the beginning of that creepy little finger? you like, you know, yeah. Yeah. He's like, like oh,
1: well, a- Catelyn's not here, but it's uh, so also it right.
0: And I don't care that it doesn't happen for a couple more seasons. Like I'm looking at it now and I'm like, nope, this is yeah. the moment where in his mind he's like, I'd fuck that little girl. Like yeah. and terrifying. he's
1: even like just been granted Heron Hall and he's like, I must find a lady and little lords to fill it with, or something like that. And now he's talking to Sansa. So like, yeah, a little bit of direct connection there. It's not yeah. great, not a great look. Fucking Carcetti. Um, <laughs>
0: You ever think about that halfway through? It's like, why are you even here, man? You're the mayor of Baltimore, bro. You got problems 2020,
1: fit. bro. What are you doing?
0: Oh, shit. Varys, <laughs> Varys visits uh, Peter Baelish's classy whorehouse. The classiest whorehouse in all of Westeros, mm-hmm. by the way. Just going to throw that out there. Um, and visits Roz and... <laughs> Roz like doesn't know who Varys is which I find yeah. is hard to believe until she tries to touch his dick and it's like non-existent and she's like wait <laughs> like, <laughs> freaks out and it's an interesting fucking scene to say the least because you know again there's weird rumors about who Varys is but Varys doesn't seem like that um, and Varys is trying to get her in his employ more than anything else right yeah. like, trying to get her to not work for Peter Bellish because it hasn't been everything it's cracked up to be
1: yeah no, she, he's basically like, someone of your talents deserves better. And she basically turns to him and opens up and is like, yeah, like he terrifies me. And he's like, yeah, he should. Um, <laughs> maybe we should team up.
0: Well, do you and think they, anyone – here's the real question. I, I, who sees Littlefinger for who he is? Because Varys, obviously. Tyrion, Varys. probably. But I, think, I don't know. I, well, I don't know. I think that anybody who
1: is looking hard enough um, – I, I don't think he's that fucking – I don't think he's fooling anybody in terms of the fact that he's duplicitous. But in terms of what his aims are or how dangerous he is, it's probably Varus that's the only one that fully
0: understands. There are times where – you remember that really bad – well, it's like the one part of Indiana Jones 4 that I'm okay with. But Ray <laughs> Weinstones like – so you're a triple agent and he's like no he's just lying about being a double agent like that whole scene <laughs> yeah. like like it gets that convoluted a little bigger sometimes like yeah. i wonder if he knows who he's lying to at any given moment just like, told so many lies well think yeah. about a less uh, like, effective version of that character which he's just constantly being called out like he's saying something in front of this person forgetting that the other person is sitting there he told something completely opposite to and it's just like right gotta give him some credit you know mark twain said what did mark twain say about lying if you never lie you don't you never have to you don't have to oh yeah there's no fuck i'm fucking up the quote but you know what i'm saying about like uh if you don't lie yeah don't lie because it's hard to remember yeah (laughs) that's the basis of it
1: (laughs) It's not for little finger i guess he writes everything down very quickly well i mean as he says later on you know chaos is a ladder and uh
0: I'd be good if people just wouldn't suck that monologue's dick so much. I'm sorry, it's a good monologue, but come on, guys. But like, no, I mean, it is—it
1: is his character. It's his whole, his whole mo is that he wants to create as much chaos as possible right. because it opens up advantageous uh, avenues for him exactly. to,
0: you know, roll on down. <laughs> anyway, jump, moving let's on. Let's jump to the roads. Yeah. Let's jump to the roads, if you may, which is Jamie Bless. and Marianne are on the road and. Uh, Oh, you know, yeah, this. Jamie's being a real piece of shit. Like about, <laughs> <laughs> like, don't you wish like any Guy had the strength to take you, but you're too fucking big, like no one could do it, and just like really giving her the business. She don't give a fuck because again, she's Brienne, and you're a prisoner. Shut the fuck up, right. Jamie. But he's this is what he has. He doesn't have a sword. He doesn't have any of this other shit. He's got his fucking words, and they are sort of rec- Well, not sort of. They are recognized. Uh, the, these three people. Fucking come upon them and there's these two women who have been hung in the trees and they frame the entire scene. Another beautiful goddamn like framing and, 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 mm-hmm. and visual scene um, but it turns into this big confrontation. Brienne has to kill all three, all three of these motherfuckers but the way I loved it more than anything else was just like the two quick deaths and a slow death yeah when She kills that guy fucking slowly it's kind of metal uh, yeah. I is and, such and a and also
1: jamie's reaction to it like just him right. realizing like for the first time oh brienne is not someone to fuck with right she's someone i can test a little bit but she's she knows what she's doing like listen she's this no is right right a show
0: that's like built on love stories it really isn't that's kind of why i love it like certainly yeah. there's romance but it's not built on a love story but this is the one love story that I'm just like, oh, I need it. I need yeah, it to. Ha- right? I know it's not going to happen, but I need it to so fucking badly, man. Because, I mean, and, it's, and it's weird it starts this early and it continues to go on. Like, yeah. Wasn't well, it- it's just based on like
1: mutual understanding, sympathy, and respect. Right. Yeah. That just builds over time. Yeah. And you're just like, man, this is like who you could be, Jamie, if you weren't in the fucking thrall of your goddamn evil sister. <laughs>
0: um it's it's a again it, you're right it's a very informative scene because jamie knows now that his captor is not uh, someone to be fucked around with like very mm-hmm. capable um and also just deepens that bond that they're going to continue to have and it's one of the most rewarding experiences of the whole show which means i know they're going to break my heart with it this next year But whatever, let's not jump ahead. (laughs) Let's stay focused here. Uh, Rob and Catelyn are having a conversation in the tent because more and more Rob is just like, "Mm, gotta be with this person. You know what I mean? Like, he he needs to do it. And it's just like, it's really amazing that there's a line Catelyn says, Walter Frey is a dangerous man to cross. Which, like, everyone would say that. But knowing what we know, this is like, oh, yeah, that couldn't be more prophetic if you Mm -hmm. fucking tried. You know, it is a really (laughs) big deal. And effectively this is kind of the moment where everything goes awry for, for Rob. The other thing I really love about it though, is this, this contrast between, you know, marrying for your heart and marrying because you were like, you know, uh, essentially uh, what's the, what's the word I'm looking for? Fucking arranged. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because there's that scene where she's talking about her and Ned's romance. Yeah. like, yeah, like didn't They, they didn't
1: love each other. We but built it, it, it like... stone by
0: stone, which I was right. like,
1: gosh. Oh, and that way it's stronger. It's not just an, you know, an impulse. It's and it not lasts longer. Yeah. And it lasts longer. Yeah. Um, It's a good scene scene. And and I've heard people describe arranged marriage That way before Like in real life Um, So that's interesting
0: I mean it's pretty Except that there's no I'm not going to get into that conversation necessarily. Yeah it's a whole
1: other conversation But just to say that I have heard Like you know I I know a lot of people From India And I've heard about it. Yeah we
0: have a a friend who has arranged marriage And he seems to love it So like who am I
1: to say anything about it Yeah it's just a different way of looking at Relationships and marriage Right Right.
0: We got to stop being so fucking America-centric, man. Like, we're too into our own fucking customs. We, we're being stupid. This world, obviously, arranged marriage is fucking America work. first, more like America worst. All right. I will not finish the rest of this episode. I will not stand for that. Uh, let's, cut, let's cut back here. This is actually a really big scene. I really love this because, again, I told you earlier in the season, there is a moment where Stannis Melisandre, where she's like, you need to give me all of you. In order to do this. And I said, hey, this is the moment. This is the moment. This is the fork in the path. This is the path that really leads him down. And I was sort of right, but I was also sort of wrong because that's not true. This is the fucking moment. Like, there is this really wonderful scene where Stannis is vengeful. He's like, you told me I was the fucking, I was going to do this, blah, blah, blah. He chokes her. I actually took a screenshot of this scene and I
1: was going to send it to you just because I thought like the way it was shot was so fucking beautiful.
0: No, it is one of the best scenes of the entire episode. And I was gonna tell you just from a visual standpoint, but also a like the bravery in the writing, I guess, which is like the whole point of this is like she's like she's talking about the fact that like, oh yeah, you are this Lord of Light. You know what I mean? Like he he is through you and stuff like that. But you need to believe that. Like, you don't understand that this is the first step of a war that will last years and years and years. And before this is all over, you'll betray everyone you've ever cared about. You'll lose everything. But it'll be worth it because you will have Gotten this thing, you will have you would right. have gotten the power that you fucking deserve and shit like that. And so she shows him the flames, and this is what geeked me out from like a filmmaking perspective. And let me use a comparison. Uh, you've seen The Leftovers, the last season of The Leftovers. Uh, there's a there's a scene at the very end of the entire show, like the, the last twenty minutes of the whole show, where a character is essentially telling a story to somebody. Right. Mm -hmm. And I feel like a lesser show would have been like, let's show what this person's talking about instead of just letting the camera, like the actor is telling you a story. You're looking the fucking camera for five minutes, watching someone tell a story. And this scene fucking affected me the same way because I'm like, again, I don't need to see what's in the flames. I don't need to hear sound effects of things clanking together. I looked at this guy's eyes as he looked into the flames and I'm like, whatever he's saying, holy shit, man. And that's, because you see him
1: go like the full range of emotions here from, you know, completely apoplectic and defeated and choking her to her whispering in his ear. And he looks out at the sea and there's like the blue light of the ocean with the red light of the fire behind them. Right. Her whispering in his ear, bringing him over to the flame and the flame getting a little, brighter and his eyes lighting up and the music there is so wonderful too like the score for all of the uh, Melisandre's uh, Stannis scenes is really haunting
0: I wanted and you to bring that up because really it also good. it evokes the idea of magic. When you hear that, you yeah. feel something otherworldly. It's not of yeah. this. And I love it. And it's 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 again, they do a really good job of like music instantly puts you in a atmosphere and a sense of place sure. and whatnot. And no, maybe no more so than that whenever she's involved. That that score is like infectious, man. It's really great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, i want to jump to winterfell really quickly because we kind of spent some time away from there the last thing we heard about was like you know roose bolton was gonna send his bastard and well he sent his bastard <laughs> it's kind of also a comedic scene though because it starts off and theon's just sitting there and right the horn. yeah and we
1: later find out that it's the bastard blowing the horn right and knowing who the bastard is now it's really funny in a <laughs> really a bad fucked bad. up way <laughs> To picture that guy blowing the horn and then cut to theon just like whenever i find that guy who's blowing the fucking horn i'm gonna stick it up his ass or whatever i swear by the old
0: gods the new gods the seven gods every (laughs) fucking god
1: like he's don't
0: care if every man shoots an arrow into me i'm gonna kill that man (laughs) <laughs> but the same, beyond the comedic <laughs> implications, it's like, uh, Ma- Meister Lewin, again, yeah. knows that... that Staying that, super calm. Well, because again, like, he knows that he's got the advantage. He knows right. the Stark kids are alive, so at this point, he's just got to ride this shit out. He's a Meister, yeah. and ain't nobody going to fuck with him, allegedly. legend. Yeah. And so he's sitting there just kind of advising him. It's like, listen, there are ways out of here. Like, my job is to serve you. You are surrounded. There is no good way for this. Like, you can't escape. This is the way to do it. And to Theon's either stupidity or to his credit for his honor, he's like, if I do that, I'm a coward. Even if I escape with my life, I'm a coward. And that's not who I am. I would beg to differ. You just killed two children. But whatever. Let's be selective about your fucking honor here. Right.
1: And doesn't he suggest, like, hey, you could join the Night's Watch? and right. like you know just serve out your time on the wall there's honor in that yeah and he's like john will fucking kill me there right well i don't yeah. think john would kill him but it would right. be a, an awkward thanksgiving It wouldn't be sure. yeah <laughs> you'd run into each other all the time there's only like 100 dudes there anyway right
0: but there's this really great scene that meister lewin said or Lion he says he's like theon you're not the man you're pretending to be and mm-hmm. i love that line because it's true i mean again it's like a victim of circumstance and no way am i going to defend any of the actions that Theon has done he's done you some,
1: understand why he made like yeah did, well he's just a very sad evil person it's yeah he does yeah. that
0: whole scene where he talks about like i'm so tired everyone told me what the what i owe to the starks and and yeah. then to go home and to be told that i'm not thi- he's a man without a home like i, I yeah. get it it's doesn't very
1: long anywhere yeah man like, between two different worlds
0: it's really really sad but you know what he fucking puts on his boots he puts puts on his big boy pants and he goes out there and he gives actually a pretty fucking wicked rah-rah speech man he goes out there and i'm yeah. like listen if i'm there i'm ready to fucking die all right they're gonna yeah. echo my name through eternity bitches are gonna think about me when they're fucking right. their men i'm in i'm in son like, and i love that all the
1: other fucking gray joy men are like yeah yeah and then <laughs> well, i like immediately let's go get a out <laughs>
0: But I love about it. The best part is just—I thought I was, speech. I
1: didn't want to interrupt him. Yeah. I thought
0: he was never going to shut up. It was a good speech, and it was, it was a wonderful <laughs> speech, man. I'm glad he got it. But yeah, immediately, that's Meister his lewin, last
1: triumphant moment.
0: Well, Meister lewin is like, Spoiler what the fuck's alert. going on? And then is speared, and you're like, oh, that's yeah. fucked up. Because again, I thought Meisters were like somehow protected, like much like the Night's Watchmen, like they were, they're
1: they're uh, just uh, fucking learned men. They're monks. Right. Like who wants to kill a fucking you know librarian?
0: Right. Um, well, apparently
1: they—they they, they did. The Greyjoys—they yeah. don't like books. They don't give a
0: fuck. The Iron Price. We hate books, <laughs> <laughs> so they kill them. Uh, this is a great scene. Let's cut back to King's Landing. Tyrion's all fucked up, and he has a visitor. Varys is there. A couple things happen here, and I really fucking like it. Which is one, he reveals that yeah, hey, guess what? Cersei tried to have you kill, and you know you can question my sources now, but you never have before. Trust me, this shit happened. Uh, he then tries to get. Uh, he's like, hey. Uh, Patrick, do you mind saving my life twice? Go get Braun and four of his most trusted men. And he's like, Hey, here's the problem with that Braun's been removed from his post, so you don't have that to lie on either. Oh, and here's the other thing we are not gonna see each other for a little bit, <laughs> like, there's like, I got I can't be seen with you, dog. Like, and I do love this scene though, because this has it this directly this scene comes back in like season four or season five or something. But there's this really wonderful scene where he's just like. <laughs> The histories will not remember you. Like no one will remember you but like I we will like we will remember you, you know, I and mean? we will remember this. That this city surely would have fallen without you. And yeah. again, it just breaks my heart because it's like this guy did everything fucking right and still he's like, like in the nobody, lowest He yeah. No one cares, man. His yeah. father doesn't give a fuck. You know what I mean? Like it's this whole fucking thing. I mean, we get that revealed in next season and and we'll get into that heartbreak when we get to it. But right. there's this scene that I think is even more revealing, which is he's at his lowest he's been disrespected and debased and all that and Shay's like let's leave these people they try to kill you and we, we can go to like Pentos or something man we can go fuck we go on a beach we can eat sleep and yeah. fuck and yeah. I'm like that's a cool like travel book for Westeros if you wanted to write that <laughs> and 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 he won't do it like think about so what that so life that you is. So pray love it's yeah, eat, he- eat sleep fuck <laughs> <laughs> and i'm just thinking about this which is like think about the life that's being proposed pretty cool a pretty good life and he can't do it and i love this scene it says every fucking thing about Tyrion, which is just like i i i need these bad people i like i this is what i'm good at out talking them out thinking them i'm good at it in a weird way it reminded me of breaking bad in a weird way because breaking bad the whole crux of that is that in the final episode he's like I've been yeah. saying this was about I, you, but it's about me. I, I liked it. it. I liked yeah, it. I was good at it. And I like that, yo, he's doing this from the jump. He knows who he is from the from the jump. His character arc isn't one of self-discovery. He's already discovered himself. And I just think that that's, like, such a wonderful thing for him to admit to himself. But also, he loves Shang. He does. And I think in some part of him would love nothing more to just go off and he'd sleep, like, fuck, whatever but he can't because his place, if there is any place for a half man, right, mm. is here with these people because he can best them. He can restore a little bit of balance to this fucking bullshit. You know what I mean? Right. Good fucking scene, man. Heartbreaking. Yeah, no, it really gives good. him purpose, but at the
1: same time, I don't know. Like, I think he's chasing a level of recognition that he'll never get. Um, sure. Yeah. It could, Cause that's been denied him his whole life. So you look at like, someone who's at the wall like we were talking about there the night's watch don't get any recognition and that's kind of the beauty of it you know um so it's interesting like themes that the show is bringing up that i think the show kind of abandons later in terms of just general theme and (laughs) bringing up questions and interrogating uh things like honor and like what is true honor and is it like honor that people can see or is it honor uh, to yourself, being true to yourself.
0: Yeah, I mean, again, I'm sorry I allude to other pieces of art, but I like to do that as a reference point for, for how I view something. And like what you said there reminds me a lot of Unforgiven, mm-hmm. the end of Unforgiven. Because William Money is killer of women and children, and he's this horrific guy and blah, 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 blah. The last part of that movie is just a crawl. It's that beautiful, the sun setting, and it shows his ranch again. And it says how like the mother of his dead wife came to the ranch to visit and uh there was nothing there to ever let her know the kind of man that bill money really was and now we just saw a whole fucking movie where yes he was a killer and suddenly he realizes the like what it means to take a life like what 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 that responsibility is you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and it's like really sad because again we saw something really honorable no the the time goes on and no one will ever know like his legend was written and I think it's a really kind of, like, that's what the show did, especially early on, first three or four seasons, was, like, it did interrogate that. It did say that, like, you know, a beggar can be a king, and a king can be a beggar when it comes to honor, and I just loved that. It's a little disappointing they strayed away from it so much, but...
1: Yeah, yeah, we're we're gonna have a time talking about these later seasons, but we're talking about season two now. Yeah, well, let me me just finish off that
0: scene with Shay, if you don't mind, which is, uh, she removes the bandages, the first person to do so, and again, no nose missing, which is great. Yeah. But she, she calls him like oh yeah you're a mess <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and again Dinklage is such a great fucking actor that like you could see him like he's so insecure about it you know and I don't yeah. think that's even acting I'm sure Dinklage in real life has had to hear shit his entire life about being yeah. a small dude so I don't think it, it was very hard to tap that well necessarily but the acting in that scene is really wonderful and again this isn't a show predicated on love stories but when Shay is just like what did what did I tell you last time like I am yours and you are mine like uh okay you got me <laughs> like very fucking pretty and very necessary mm. because he lost everything, but he hasn't lost her, and that's he like enough. just starts weeping, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. What else do you need from a show, Max? Like, I don't know. So I'm wonderful. about to cry. Sorry. Yeah, fuck, it's, it's so up.
1: good. It's so good. Let,
0: let's go to a union that I don't give a fuck about, which is Rob <laughs> marrying this fucking woman and essentially stealing his fate. That's what's happening here. Okay. Right. Like, Again, hindsight's well, twenty-twenty. Yeah, but, we,
1: don't want, we don't want to get into spoilers.
0: No, I, I know. Too but, much. Still, but it's not, it's
1: not a good idea. And Catelyn has tried and failed to stop him from doing it. But, you know, they do the whole uh, marriage thing.
0: So right.
1: that's a thing now.
0: Well, I, I, but my point is this, that he's, he's living in both worlds. I'm honorable. I'm Ned Stark's kid. We have to live by honor. The high road, blah, 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 blah. This seems like something he should, in theory, completely understand right you know and so he, like and again to be fair
1: in the books he was like 15 16 or so like he's kind just of badass still, yeah, he's, he's still a fucking it. like kid yeah yeah so like yeah wow. he's thinking with his dick a little bit <laughs> yeah
0: but he would have got a pretty fray wife man like the one that they were hiding in the pack room for a special occasion yeah, they, like they a brought good- out like all the hags you know well, listen. When you have like a when you have like a regular ass party, you bring out the twelve dollar wine. That's no shame in that. But every now and then, there's a big event. You bring out that fucking like sixty seven the- Bordeaux. Okay, like, <laughs> let's be real about this. And that fray was the sixty seven Bordeaux. I'm just no right. It out there. Um, God damn it. But yeah, um, whatever. Let's not get into spoilers. But the point yeah. is that they do get married. That's important. Uh, let's cut over to the least favorite part of this, which is in Karth, Very quickly, Danny uh, is is basically on her mission she knows her dragons She's have been taken going to the house, house of, the of the undying, undying. Uh, kind of annoying sure but there is that one at least visual thing where danny's walking yeah. fast and jora's like walking around and then she just disappears and i'm like no okay. yeah I, I i don't hate this scene it just strays
1: so far away from what it could have been and i know there are time constraints but in the books like yeah the visions that you see in the house of earth that she sees in the house of the undying are so strange and uh lyrical and surreal um and kind of prophetic uh in terms of like a lot of foreshadowing at least for what happens later in the series and things still to come too um things that you could interpret in different ways and it was kind of a shame that the show just sort of like went with the most blunt obvious oh here's your life with Cal Drogo what it could have been with your son yeah here's the iron throne with ice on it
0: What's interesting about that too is like that would have been a good opportunity for shows built around a mythology. You have shows or episodes of shows that are like here's a bunch of clues. I mean, I just rewatched Twin Peaks, and there's a bunch of that. Not that it, the answers necessarily matter in that, but the, the the clues are there is my point. And any mythology-driven show should have something like that. And this seemed like the real. Like easiest way to kind of do that and give you some clues that people could fawn over yeah. for a very long time and they didn't really yeah. do it. It is what it is. I mean, I didn't really like any of it. I don't. I don't like the House of the Undying stuff too much. If I'm being completely honest. Like I. it's, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, I, the, yeah. The ice it, ground, it feels a little
1: like rushed and perfunctory. You know, the, yeah. I wish we would have gotten there earlier. Nailed obviously.
0: it. Yeah, yeah. could have got there about episode six she, and just had her she solves that asleep.
1: problem in like five minutes. Right. She gets there. It's like she sees some weird shit.
0: Drakaris. She,
1: she gets chained up. Her dragons are next to her. Like, oh, we need to keep a Khaleesi next to her children. Uh, the power is bringing magic into the world. And then she says, Drakaris, and kills the guy gets out of there it's fine which
0: is that's even comical because he's like oh i got some fire on my sleeve yeah.
1: oh just, by the way Whoa. thank god that those chains were magic chains that dissolved once he died because otherwise she'd be kind of fucked, fucked right
0: you're a <laughs> in, the dothraki are getting it you fucked yourself cersei <laughs> or D- danny's <laughs> danny no it really is like yeah th- thanks thanks for that convenient little fucking thing.
1: yeah We've been shitting on Karth a lot. It's not as bad as we're making it out
0: to be, well, probably, but uh, it is redeemed by the final scene, which we will get to very yes. quickly. I want to quickly just jump over to Arya, uh, Gendry, and our boy, our fan favorite Hot Pie. Uh, Hot Pie walking around star of the show. They're already out there, and Jockin and, uh, and 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 Arya have their moment. This is actually a kind of big moment for the I don't want to say the mythology, but for characters going forward in later seasons which mm-hmm. is the coin he gives her the coin it's not worth the goddamn thing yeah. uh but if you see any man right from, from bravos bravos give him yeah. this coin and say uh, valor mogulis right yeah and they'll, they'll, they got you, you know, yeah. essentially which is like all right cool like i don't think Arya understands it fully but she knows that it's a card to be played at some point and yeah. she'll play it later on and this is the final time that we see Yeah. And to be fair, like he does invite her.
1: He says, you know, would a girl like to become a a faceless man? I can train you pretty much. And she's like, I'd love to, but I gotta go kill. He's making pies. (laughs) Hot pies
0: over here. (laughs) Got to eat that hot pie.
2: Well, she's on her. <laughs> she's on her.
0: I don't even call it a hero's journey. Her fucking uh, like it's descent. A, yeah. yeah, it's <laughs> a Kill Bill revenge mission. Yeah. yeah, it's not good, you know. But yeah. uh, it's it's still a good scene. And, and and this is the last we see of Jockin for now. But it's not the last that we'll ever see.
1: right but and also should mention that he literally takes off his own fucking face and turns around and is a different dude
0: and jockin's like jockin's dead what are you talking about he's gone like he never existed you know it's like it's a man is no one yeah (sighs) man that guy's cool does he have a real face like that's the thing yeah so that's another thing that
1: the show fucks up later but we'll get into that um okay i don't even want to because i'm getting all fired up about later seasons of game of thrones
0: all right i'm into it we'll get to it uh let's let's uh very quickly in winterfell now out of hiding bran and hodor and osha and ricken they're just seeing the fucking charred remains of winterfell okay yeah it's all fucked up like their home is effectively gone there's this beautiful shot when they're actually on the king's roads a little bit later and you see winterfell in the, in the foreground and it's completely fucking smoked up and everything's yeah. bad and it's yeah, not, not good very- uh, they're heading to what are those fucking you know the religions in Westeros much better than I do, but what are those trees that like Ned Stark is praying to? The, the, the Godswood is that what it's called? The Godswood, okay. Yeah, because so, they're heading I over could do there. a
1: whole episode on
0: religion in Game of Thrones. We're going, going to, no, I want to do like a two hour deep dive about what all these religions yeah. believe in, what their analogs in the real world. But in this, let instance- me give a shout out real quick to a YouTuber uh,
1: if you really want to like do a deep dive on this shit, check out first of all, a uh, Wiki Vice and Fire. Um, it's like literally a wikipedia for everything game of thrones um also check out alt shift x uh youtube channel like does a lot of like speculative uh deep dives on the history of shit um really worth like looking into if you want to know more about crazy shit that's not covered in the show
2: all right
0: um Thank you, and we will definitely dive into that. Uh, yeah. But I just want to say that Meister Lewin has taken his fucking broke, stabbed ass, and he has crawled all the way to the Godswood. right? <laughs> well, it gives you an emotional scene. Like, when he sees Bran and Rickon, it's like this really beautiful moment. But the, that's not the moment that affected me the most, man. Mm. The, the, fe- the moment that affected me the most is Osha oh, basically... Accepting the task, like you know, she had refused the call, and now she is yeah. she's, she's forced a to a few it. episodes
1: ago. She was like ready to kill Bran or leave him for dead, yeah. And now she's like accepting like this responsibility, like a maternal kind of responsibility.
0: But what makes that so beautiful is that Meister Lewin knows that she's capable of that, like he's yeah. entrusting her with that, right. and it's just like, fuck, man, like. I don't know. Like that, that might have been the push she needed to become that person that she wanted to be. That someone like Meister Lewin, someone that's so altruistic and pure, could yeah. think of her and, in that way.
1: And he kind of like urges them
0: to go to the wall, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then uh, she, he doesn't want milk of the poppy, but he wants to, you know, this suffering to end. And we don't see it, thankfully, but uh, we assume she takes care of business. And that's kind of adios to Meister Lewin, a character yeah. that I loved, very good, did his job very well yeah
1: yeah now, now he' has um, okay, so where do you wanna to jump to next year
0: um we we gotta jump beyond the wall, man, we gotta talk about this core Halfhand. half hand we gotta talk about this uh-huh. Jon Snow shit, like everything's kind of coming to a head here in the final right. episode, which is you know basically. Egret's sort of going to bat a little bit for John, but like not in a way that's convincing other people. And so mm. that thing that was alluded to in the last episode, like, hey, don't let him die in vain. You got you got to be ready to do what needs to be done. I think John, th- that's not true. John didn't get it. He still had to basically be told to be stabbed, right? So like, <laughs> so Cory about literally to has John to way more credit than he deserved. <laughs> well because i'm mad now it's like i just rewatched that scene today and he's and he's no like Corinth. yeah like, do it Yes, like, has to fucking tell him like, to do what? It. oh what are <laughs> we talking about man it's just it's annoying but yeah so basically to secure his cover and to secure his passage into you know at least to meet man's right to at least give him a shot at killing the king beyond the wall he's gonna have to kill Corinth half which again legendary fucking crow. Every wildling knows him by name. He's yeah. the boogeyman, okay? Right. More importantly, it's not all just to secure his thing. I think he just doesn't want to fall into the hands of the enemy, all right? This is Mussolini after World War II and shit. Like, you don't want to get caught by the public, and I think that that's what he's kind of freaked out about. So, um, you know, it's the, the two birds, one stone. John gets to secure his cover and also this guy doesn't get to suffer at the hands of these people who are going to torture him. Right. I think it's a win-win. Um, but it's enough that fucking the Lord of Bones is like, all right, tip of the hat, kid. Uh, yeah. like, that's the man who killed Koronoffhand. And, uh, they're like, now <laughs> let's go see the king beyond the wall. And you're like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's weird we spent all season. Cause I like, I was like you, I swore that we met Mance this year. Yeah. But we don't at all Yeah, we, we don't talked about we, we didn't meet Jorah we didn't meet or uh, not Jorah who's my boy uh, Tormund we didn't meet Tormund we didn't meet any of our fucking Damn. guys beyond the wall you know what I mean yeah. like it's very interesting uh, that the, our first representation of wildlings are not the ones that go on in future seasons and really do shit you know what I mean right right um, so just a really big thing uh, and then we go back and this is kind of like there's only two scenes left of the whole thing Unfortunately, one of them is in Karth, but it's a cool one, man, which is (laughs) like... She's. She now realizes that this entire time she's kind of been played. That even her yeah. wasn't like her handmaid or I don't know what the official title is, but she's over there sitting, Brittany, yeah. with fucking homie with three names, the Jennifer Love Hewitt of yeah. this world.
1: This is Zara's own doxos.
0: I'll never say it. I'll never learn it. <laughs> I mean, that's why you're here. Uh, but so she kind of realizes that the entire thing's kind of been, you know perpetrated by him and blah 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 blah. And what I, I love this again, just the idea that this guy is like i was once a penniless uh, like sailor not sailor like dock worker <clears throat> now i'm the richest man of karth the greatest city that ever was or ever will be right. and it's all predicated on what max bullshit fucking lie nothing nothing yeah. which is honestly baller as fuck like if he yeah. did not go after the, our she like hero like they open up that vault fucking empty, empty. As fuck.
1: well not like, empty Walt- anymore
0: yeah, yeah. She's
1: like, well, thank you, Zara Zondaxos, for teaching me a valuable lesson, right. about something.
0: And you can then, fake it till you make it. That's <laughs> basically she, what it she,
1: was. She yells that as they're slamming the vault door.
0: Kalisi, let me <laughs> out! No, <laughs> fake it till you make
1: it. You can <laughs> like, fake it till you make
0: it. <laughs> fake that you're outside of these fucking vaults.
1: <laughs> and then she dips. I so love good. that after all of that, she's like, "Take as much fucking gold as you want." Right. Like, after, like, you know, fucking standing on ceremony, being like, guys, no, don't do that. We're their <laughs> guests. Now, this final episode, that was the arc of the cow, Right. At,
2: at least. What
0: we it's don't like- know is that the Dothraki <laughs> deleted for time, but they were going to revolt against this motherfucker. Like, they were going to wait until they got out of <laughs> cars, let her throw, but then... We have to sit in the city. We can't steal
1: any gold. Khaleesi told us we'd be able to steal gold eventually.
0: <sighs> liar. Fucking liar. He lied to us. No, but but listen, honestly, it puts a nice little bow on that. And also, if you want to get technical, she was cold as fuck. She was ruthless. And she let You're let's right. be real, she left people to starve. Not only starve, though, because what's going to happen is that these people are going to kill each other and eat each other before they starve. Yeah. No dark implications here. But there's no half measures with her. Like She is now fully like, all right, you taught me a lesson, motherfucker. Like
1: Yeah. She really fucked up Carth, huh? Or well, Fark. fuck, Carth fucked up itself yeah, um, I guess so. by yeah. killing off the other thirteen, and now the king of Carth is dead. Piapri is dead. There's no
0: leadership there. Right, it's a void, man. Not so
1: great anymore. She should rule fucking Carth. What is she right. doing?
0: Yeah. Well, isn't she in her way like, at the end that like her whole thing? She's going to yeah, go to. She's Asthma, like,
1: or, uh, right? is, yeah. She's like, isn't this enough to buy a ship? And, right. And he's like, yeah, it's enough to buy a small ship.
0: Yeah, but again, she hasn't, like, we, we you know, what the Spice guy from a couple episodes back was just like, okay, you want boats? That's fine. Do you have an army? no do you have any allies in the continent that you're trying to conquer like those things have not been addressed asking some very fair questions practical <laughs> questions I, I need this guy this is how fucking yeah. like, challenger blew up because no one asked questions okay like this you need a spice guy in your life and this is why so that's my right. point none of those problems have really been solved so i think she's going to ask her for that's kind of like where oh we got to go here because, uh, you know, she needs to pr- procure an army. And that's kind of where we leave it with Danny. Uh, having learned a lesson, having learned to play the game a bit more, but certainly not in any bigger position to take the throne than she was at the beginning of the season. Um, very important. Now, for me, again, how many Chekhov's guns do we have here, right? We had a Padrick. We had, we had the wildfire. wildfire. The coolest one, though, I think, and arguably, because this is a show that is like, I, mean, I guess we saw white Walker in the beginning of season two with the baby the casters uh, creep yeah she, she, but Crasters keep rather um, but we had we didn't see it full on and we hadn't seen it again since the pilot episode so right I believe you said it in these exact words the magic trick of this show is we start with a fucking ice zombie essentially and yeah. then make you forget that that exists up until this moment and right. again, just the execution of it. Just like Sam being out there still talking about fucking Killy. Like <laughs> give it up. They're like, Oh for fuck's sake, shut up. <laughs> like the first thing goes off and they're like, Oh shit, it must be the half hand. He's coming back. This is great, right? And then second, second one, one swords are drawn. They're ready shit. to fucking fight. That third one goes off, though, man. And, like, I I know it's coming, and I still goosebumps all over my fucking body because just the reaction, not of Sam, by the way, but the other two dudes were like, (laughs)
2: run!
0: They don't give a fuck about the fat fuck. Like, they don't have to outrun a White Walker. They have to outrun Sam. They can both do that. Um, So it's an amazing scene, but the whole thing, I mean, just then Sam, who's just like, all right, let's know thyself. I'm too fat. I'm not going to (laughs) outrun these guys, so, so he, just, he just like finds a rock yeah. hides behind
1: it as best he can
0: right and and then he just witnesses this these things that again no yeah. one believed even exist anymore now he's seen it also uh, advantageously found that dragon glass uh you know in an right. earlier episode which is good but there's that scene where literally the homie fucking stops not the ice king but one of the just random general number so, well, no. lieutenant number one or whatever yeah. let's call him the lieutenant dan he's lieutenant dan on the fucking uh Man. And he, like, straight up looks at him, mean mugs yeah. him, and then is like, nah carry on my wayward son and just keeps fucking going, you know what I mean? Right. Like, it's a weird scene, and a lot of people were asking why is that? Is it because he, the White Walker, could sense that Sam had the Dragon Glass, or did he take pity on this guy? Like, that's clearly not a threat. I don't need to deal with it. The fact of the matter is that the White Walker saw Sam and chose not to do anything, which is antithetical to what the behavior of them is later on, you know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, a little bit. Definitely a little bit. I mean, I, I think it might be a little bit of like he's not a threat. It might be more like, hey, we're coming and we want you to know. tell the tale, yeah.
0: Like, you leave one person alive to tell the stories. That
1: was kind of my reading of it, but I could be wrong. Who who knows what happens in the mind of a... a,
0: Yeah, why would a White Walker want anyone to know? The White Walker's best friend is anonymity. The fact that everyone thinks White Walkers don't exist gives him such a leg up, because they're going to be... I saw a White Walker a mile away. Bullshit, they don't... Fuck, they're
1: here! You know what I mean? I mean, like, we can get into the reading of the White Walkers, like, what they are, what they represent... I want to do that but
0: I'm I'm hesitant. I want to wait till the children of the forest get introduced cuz I yeah, think we, we should. When we should do it. All yeah.
1: that's to say like I look at the white walkers as more of like a force of of nature. Nature. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's literally just, you know, come up and sit. Well, I think I think we we've,
0: we've both said this which is like the history of Westeros well before we got involved into the story, but the 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 story was that at once wilderness and the wild and magic these things ran rampant in the land and man beat that back to the corners of the earth and that the story that we're watching. Yeah. Sure. It's about Danny. Sure. It's about John. Sure. It's about the assuming destiny. It's also about nature fucking coming back to get what it's deserved to strike back in a way. And so if that's like, you know, that's if you put the white walkers in the same category as a force of nature, it makes a lot of fucking sense, man. They're elemental. They hide in plain sight by sheets of snow and stuff. You know what I mean? They, they, the manifestation is a blizzard for fuck's sake. So it's, you know, it's really interesting, man. It's also just really interesting because it's like they've talked about winters before. I know we're on a long summer in the, mm-hmm. in the beginning of the show and stuff like that. But it's like people have lived through winters and there are no White Walkers have been spotted during the winters. It's not like purely a winter thing like uh, it's winter. White Walkers are coming. It's like, right. no, this is really like this unprecedented thing where no one for five generations, at least six, seven generations, has been alive to mm-hmm. ever see a White Walker in person. Right except maybe Crestor, but that's neither here nor there. So um, yeah, dude, I don't know. I, uh, that season two, it's a fucking hell of a season. There's a lot going on. I do prefer it to season one a lot, even though season one, let me be perfectly clear, has a much harder job, much harder job. Yeah,
1: it it does. And it it doesn't have the, the, the magic and uh, as much incident to lean on. Right. But um, yeah, season two, I, I, Again, I don't like rating things or ranking things too much, but I, I'd give it like an A minus, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. I think it's, it's definitely up there. I, I don't know where it's going to land for me after this most recent rewatch, but right. definitely
0: up there. Yeah, It's going to be interesting. And, I, and I'm, again, not to rank them, but when you do shows that are season-long arcs and, and yeah. like you're forced to compare them because that's the nature of it. But I'm like you. I mean, right now, having seen the two, I know I like it more than one, but I don't know where it's going to land ultimately. I yeah. do know that the character moments were pretty fucking perfect all the way yeah. around.
1: You get and a lot of character highs this season.
0: Yeah, man. And uh, but to be fair, like that's what also makes season three really great because it's a downer season, and yet you still get these wonderful character moments. And yeah, you know, uh, not to jump super ahead, but like, you know, season two is the season of Tyrion and the Hound and stuff like that season right. three is very like much the season of Jamie and a couple yeah. other characters. Jamie, and it's Brian, yeah. so fucking fascinating. And I'm so excited that we get to jump into that. Uh, we did another two and a half hours, sir, on season Sweet. five hours total to do this. Our yes. fucking recaps are half the amount of time of the entire show, <laughs> Just is, watch the show. instead. I I, no, but I'm really proud of it, man. No, I, love yeah, it. I am
1: too. I am too.
0: I think um, we did a great job, man. Any final thoughts on season two before we sign off?
1: Uh, not really. I think we covered it. Um, a lot of character highs. I, I think, as I said before, um, it definitely gets uh, the ball rolling on the rest of the series. Like right. a lot of like the aftermath of season one is explored in season two, and things happen in this season that can't be walked back. Sure. And to the credit of the writer and the showrunners, they do not walk those things back in a lazy way. They yeah. explore them, they go down that road, and where it logically leads in later seasons is usually fucking crushing. But <laughs> well, um, Logical. <laughs> but you can trace it right back to this season is where those characters made those choices. Right. And it's heartbreaking to watch it, but also wonderful.
0: Yeah, unless we forget, while some things wrapped up, while the Blackwater happened, Stannis is very much alive and yeah. is emboldened and wants to keep going. Uh, Rob Stark is still fighting a war against the Lannisters. There's a lot right. still going on that needs to be resolved, and the majority of that is resolved in season yeah. three. So, uh, with that, man, I think we nailed it, obviously, and uh, we'll be back as soon as we can do season three recap. And uh, yeah, I think that's it. I think that's it. See you, man. See you.